Kyle, welcome. Or is it recording already, Bill? Yeah. All right. Uh, welcome to another edition of Bottom of the Bill, ladies and gentlemen. We got uh, Nolan Curtis and John Ward with us today of Mr. Cool. Uh, I'm excited to have you guys on. Thank you so much for, for being us. here today. Yeah, Thanks for having us. Oh, absolutely. Um, before we get started on anything, uh, where's my where's my drink? You put there it right is. there. Right in front of me. I'm yeah. so, so funny. All right, uh, let's do a cheers, the obligatory cheers. cheers. Yeah. That was the most awkward cheers. setup ever. It was very <laughs> awkward. I'm sorry. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. How are we going to hear you if you don't speak in your microphone? Oh. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. <laughs> Some people tap it, some people don't. Mm -hmm. I go in between because I feel like every time I go to tap it, nobody else does. I say, have you always done it? I've always done it as as long as I can remember. Anyways, yeah, yeah. I'm into the tap, and even if they don't tap it, it's like fuck you. I always consider the tap like to be done before a shot, but Mm -hmm. not if it's just a normal drink. But I did that wrong just now. (laughs) As long as you have rules that you you that you follow occasionally. That's the rule, but good to know. Thank you. Sorry. Derailing. Oh, not, 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 that's what this is all about, yeah. derailing. We try to get into good informational stuff, but, you know, rarely sticks on point. Uh, anyways, so you guys just released a brand new album, uh, You Win, right? Yes, sir. Um, so when did the album come out? You know, honestly, the timeline of the last year has gotten foggier and foggier. The album came out recently, though, officially. Okay. In August. Yeah. Yes. In August, and um, it was finished long before that, but <laughs> it was that was kind of one of the challenges is figuring out when and how, and then eventually, I think, I think John even called. He's like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> uh, you can't uh, sit on. We got to just like put this out. I said, let's put it out. Oh, you can't sit on it anymore. I thought yeah, he was like, I quit. I'm quitting yeah. the band. <laughs> But I'm yeah, it came out here with the no, trap of working on something forever until yeah. it, it doesn't. It is a trap. I have, I did have an EP with the band once that we spent six months working on, and then it never released because oh. we never thought it was done, and then we all forgot about it. Yeah, I, 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 I got you beat on that. I, I worked on an album for two years and had to re-record it twice. I had to re-record it twice, and then uh, I was just. Love it just so pissed off about I just quit the band and then it's just gone, yeah. it's just gone yeah, nothing now. Nothing ever happened with it. Nothing ever happened Now you use it. some of those songs with Side Hustle. I do. <laughs> That's true. Um, so The bangers, the good ones. Yeah, the good ones. Um, where uh, was there like a, uh, like a concept for the album? Uh, where did it, like what was the inspiration for that? Yeah, the, the album concept kind of like... Um, it changed a lot, and that's that's a thing. Like we definitely came together as a band <clears throat> before we really even played shows. We were working the songs for the idea we were going to record them, but even then, like the more we played them, conceptually, I think some of that changed. So eventually, we settled on. And there were a lot of ideas. Some of them were pretty stupid, but yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, weed out all the bullshit. Yeah, once all those, we got rid of those. We decided to go old school with you know a title track name the album you win and initially that was meant to be very sarcastic and then uh i don't know it probably still is a little bit sarcastic but uh just that in general has kind of changed i think just uh i think it conceptualizes the album initially again it was meant to be sarcastic but i think that's changed for me at least maybe you have thoughts john yeah um well i've always liked the combination of sarcastic and serious at the same time (laughs) 
which I guess is something we're trying to, something we hope to capture. I think the name definitely captures that, right? <laughs> right. And the logo. Good, okay. Yeah. Uh, so that's actually, I kind of want to backtrack a little bit. Where did the name Mr. Cool come from? That's another one. Um, it's because we're really uncreative, so we just kind of use the name to name songs and the band. Um, no, I mean, like, we, we definitely, a lot of these songs, they started before I met even John. And so Mr. Cool was a song I wrote super self-deprecating that was the intention and then to be honest we were sitting around thinking about what we should name the band and i think we realized that the least cool name we could give the name of the band would probably be mr cool that's it and so it was intended to be again kind of a kind of a sarcastic attempt you know because i spent a lot of time trying to think of band names and none of them are cool enough so then maybe you should just like embrace that yeah that's what we did go yeah. straight to the heart shit yeah. yeah that's hilarious i love that though yeah he's like this they're like fuck it we can't think of a cool band name so we're just gonna actually call it mr cool yeah yeah like if you can make it happen with <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> uh, uh last last night uh i i, sh- I was like you know what would be a great band name it's like great band name <laughs> yeah. I wrote that down. I'm like, great yeah, that's band not name. bad. That's a good one. Yeah. Oh, it's a great band name. I love that band. So I'm a yeah. big bottom of the bill fan. Really? Watch. Yes, I do. Nice. And I think Billy is John, an incredulous. I am. I think John was on a was on a episode. Yeah. He was. Previous episode. Welcome back, by the way, John. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Thank yeah. you. Glad We're to running be here. out of musicians. We got to keep on <laughs> cycling them. <laughs> but that's a good thing. That this is our 50th episode. I'll see you guys episode. back in January. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, see us back in January. That's fine. I only bring it up to say I think John's like, that's one of the things you do, right? Is like you just have a running list of band names. I think it, it came you know, up last Actually, I have, a, I have a good list, but it's more of a list of song names. Which to me are a bit are a bit different, but yeah, I don't really have a band name list, but I've got a huge song name list. And scratch that. If anybody wants <laughs> to hear any of it, you know, later. I, I I do have an enormously long band name list, and I have nice. I have don't have a song list. We should combine forces. I've been trying to think of a good uh, I a, I have like, album list, you know, like album name list. Album names. Yeah. Which well, is I've got I've got like. songs that I've written. I don't have any song names for it. So if you just want to dish, what's your what's one you. What's not the best one, but let's put like a mediocre song name that you like, that you wrote. We're looking for uh, mediocre. Yeah, the, one, the one that's pretty good is Modest Yahoo. <laughs> <laughs> I love <Yeah>. that one. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely a good name for an instrumental song, for sure. <laughs> Modest Yahoo. So he's good at it. See what I mean? Yeah. Uh, my favorite band name I think I was on there, besides Bob Barker, Pencil Mike, but we just talked about it, is uh, Big, yeah. Time, Big Time Banana Wine. I love that. A lot so of good, good syllables in there. Yeah. I'm a big fan of that. Big time banana wine. That's a jazz <laughs> band for sure. <laughs> not my band. Uh, definitely not your band. I can't jazz. You don't even know what it sounds like. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, Got him. Um, was there like, is there like an overall theme for 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 the album? Like, is there is there something you're trying to convey with the music uh, and the and the and the lyrics? Uh, like just overall with all the songs or is it just kind of like each song stands on its own type thing you know we definitely did we made the album to be cohesive like it all kind of flows together but I think each song is definitely in its own lane I think that's one of the things um, maybe sound wise that makes us a little different is we we try to switch it up song to song at least I think we do in the album yeah Um, but hopefully it all flows together that was really important to me 
is making sure that we made an album, you know, like that we did the way albums used to get presented, which is like listen to it in its entirety, listen to it in order the way it was put out. And right. So that was definitely purposeful, but the songs, I wouldn't say they necessarily like, they are very different song to song. And, and a lot of them, they start like I, you know, again, a lot of these songs were written before even the band came together. So some of them are kind of introspective. Probably speaking from like my own deal there, but bringing them to the band, they changed. So it wasn't all that thought out, I guess. Like yeah, but song it, to song. But it definitely sounds cohesive, though. Like I mean, it was, it's, it's a great album, by the way. I, I love all the songs, and it sounds great. Um, Thanks, man. Uh, it's definitely it, it all definitely sounds like it's you guys. Like it's there's no like uh, nothing feels forced. I guess you know, like you listen to some like bands that are just kind of like up and coming that they're just like thrown like like even with our, with our first EP it was kind of like just I've got a song okay we I, you've got a song okay you've got a song let's just kind of we just got to put something out right and then yeah. it's like you can just kind of tell when it doesn't sound as cohesive and I think that you guys definitely don't have that problem which is a cool thing thanks man right, huh? thanks yeah for sure um, which leads me to my next question how would you like describe the music because uh, your bio says kind of like a 90s mix of like psychedelic 60s kind of thing which is pretty accurate I would say but it's got like a different almost like an indie kind of thing going on too you know so that's why you're here John is to help us help us discuss these I, things I got a real sorry I'll cut him off before but I just not interrupt because he didn't, wasn't talking yet yeah. let's hear it yeah but I got a big neutral milk hotel vibes from it fucking awesome I love I love the airplane overseas one of my favorite albums that one front to back is like masterpiece but that's what I got when I saw y'all at track habits I think it was like in January this year yeah. It was early. It was in I mean, February. February. Fuzzy. February. Yeah. yeah, it was yeah. like if it was before the insurrection or after. I can't remember. But uh, uh, that's <laughs> but the uh, uh, that's what I thought. I was like, oh shit, yes, fucking this. I want that uh, neutral milk hotel. More of that, please. Is what this is what I got first off. About that. So, I think I know what you were gonna say, but let me just say one of the things that John said. Let me steal your thunder real quick. He hasn't As John said, you know yet. what, man. <laughs> You got it. You know what? <laughs> this music reminds me of Neutral Milk Hotel. That was like. It is. That's the first thing I said. Yeah. First thing he said. Is when it? I met Nolan, I was like, that's what this sounds like. Did you say that on the, on the pod, when you were on the podcast with us a few months back also? I might have. It's quite possible. Yeah, because I, I remember that, that conversation coming do, up. Do you know them? Have you listened to them before? No. Oh, So man. I have no point of reference, but I would, I, I'm sure it's amazing. Wonderful songwriting. It's like super lo-fi kind of stuff, but the lyrics are beautiful. Melodies are great. It's just wonderful. It's a lot of a acoustic guitar and trumpet, so I mean. Sound was, I think. <laughs> yeah. No, I think you're spot on with that. Yeah. It's just because the sound similarities. Yeah, and the sound. I love that album too, yeah, man. Too. So that's high praise. I appreciate that. High I, praise. Yeah, I, man. Like, and the horn arrangements. Do you write all the horn arrangements, John? Yeah, more or less. So really, before we recorded, none of the songs had ever had more than just one. The one horn, just me on trumpet, but for the recordings we always heard the idea of like a whole group of horns i almost wanted to capture like a a sort of quaint like a little marching band in the street kind of kind of feeling yeah some of it um especially on the song grateful and you in i think that's kind of what i was hearing but um so basically yeah right before we recorded we i wrote out some little basically an arrangement for three 
horns, we brought in two others, and then we recorded the three horns twice for a total of six. So we were just trying to give it a sound of like, it's a little little team in the background, you know, little line of horn players in the background. Really Shout cool. out to Bryant and Juan. Yup. Oh, Bryant so Patterson and Juan Roland. Uh, fucking the dudes. Both badasses, man, yeah. for sure. I know, I know Bryant for sure. He like he. I don't know Juan. Uh, I don't, I th- I've met Juan like once maybe, but Bryant's a, a beast, man. He's so good. Yeah. Yeah, they both uh, – I just wrote up these little incomprehensible handwritten pages. Yeah. And they uh, they did a great job of humoring me and figuring out what the hell the notes were supposed to be. Nice. And uh, they just played perfectly. It was awesome. I'd also oh, add to that that both those guys are really just good dudes. Oh, yeah. They came through. Brian is like Mr. Humble. That's Mr. Cool in a non-sarcastic way. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's, like, actually Mr. He's cool. Really Mr. cool. He's so cool. He Juan is. is, like, the friendliest guy. Those guys are awesome. They came through Studio Day and just knocked it out, man. It was awesome. Yeah, well, they, do they both play with LPT? Yeah. Yeah, sure okay. do. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. They're so fucking good. Yeah, uh, Brian's also, like, like, like I, I was like, yo, you should come on the podcast one time, one time and he was like, he's like, Nah, man, I can't do that. <laughs> Why not? Because he's like, I, I don't do good with like public speaking, and I was like, oh, okay, huh. man. Well, uh, I just thought it's like speaking of just being like Mr. Cool. It's like, nah, I don't do that, bro. I'm fucking. Do that. Right, cool. See what I mean? Like the non-sarcastic Mr. Cool. Yeah, he is, exactly. Man, for sure, that guy's awesome. Yeah, he is, man. Um, and this was this album was self-produced, right? Or yeah. bringing it? Okay, it was. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it was. You know, we we got to work at NFS. And we did some stuff at Pulp in Gainesville as well. But pretty much self-produced. We had some good ears in there, so it's, like, definitely collective, you know. Um, Leroy was a big help to us. Shout Should out Leroy. Should we say NFS is uh, North Florida Studios in, in Elkton. That's the one with the uh, pool, Micah right? Micah studio. It does have a pool. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's all. I'm recording It's basically on there. a giant ranch property. It's like a resort where you record music. What's uh, awesome. what's the uh, livestock situation there? Uh, how many goats? <laughs> I feel like there are some somewhere out nice. there. Nice. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah we're, we're recording. I had to guess. I haven't seen them, roof. but it seems like they are there if you looked far enough, you know. I, I can imagine myself being like, if I ever made it real big, just being crazy and uh, recording. I was like, yeah, 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 well, I'm recording with the goats. And I would just bring the goats in. They w- and they just record. And they're like, oh, yeah, there's some goat features on my album i feel like some animal noises in the background <laughs> wouldn't have hurt yeah i know there's the like album. thunder on accident in the record somewhere. that's pretty cool <laughs> yeah that did happen oh you guys should take another six months to work that out with the yeah. goat sounds. <laughs> totally <laughs> <laughs> um, that's funny. it is like i would say though that like you know whether or not like it was self-produced like i do feel like we produced like aesthetically what we were trying to do but like uh leroy I mean, he set it all up. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, there's the other side of production, which is, like, capturing the sound. That that was all NFS or, like, you know, again, some of the stuff we did at Pulp. So I do want to shout them out because we might have, like, steered the ship or whatever. But, like, NFS is a great home to get recordings done. You're, totally. like, in good hands. I would say that. Awesome. And uh, uh, was Leroy the engineer as well? Okay, cool. Awesome. Micah. Bethea. Like a Bethea, him and Leroy built a hell of a studio. So awesome, yep, awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to check it out. I mean, I, we haven't spoken to anybody over there yet, but it's definitely been 
uh, conversation of topic about do where we're gonna do the next one. Do you know that there's a studio like right down the street from us? Well, yeah, uh, you know. Well, we haven't decided. We haven't. Even no, I'm just no, 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 not at all. I'm just saying. Do you know the, the oh, about a friend? No, 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 no. It's called uh, 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 endangered humans or something like that. Endangered oh. wise men. Endangered wise men. Oh yeah, yeah. I've heard it's of them right there. I was on a, I was going on a walk and it was just like uh, I could not believe how close it is to my house. Oh, I did not know. I, that and right and there. the I think the rates were seventy dollars an hour. Oh, I, let's I don't want to. I don't like that. I don't want to quote quote them on yeah, that. Don't but, quote Billy on that. But it's this big place. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, I haven't heard anything out of there, but I guess what I'm trying to say is just go on walks more. <laughs> just go explore your city that way. Um, Funny thing about studios though, usually is that they never look like studios. They usually look like. Abandoned Kmart's or like, <laughs> yeah, or like strange. Like, I guess it's to be discreet, but I've rarely been to a studio that like jumped out at me well, right away. Well, it's even all, NFS. It's like in the middle of nowhere. It's also goes like cheap overhead. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like every studio that I've been to is always like in a warehouse district or just Industrial like off complex. the beaten path. You know what I mean? I yeah. Mean, really, uh, that's that's what so that's what I think is unique about. NFS is that it's not in a warehouse somewhere. Right. It's like in its own little building out in the country, which makes it just makes it feel different because it's the same thing. Every most studios I've been to are like in a storage unit or something. Right. And it's, it's still, you know, a lot of great studios are like that, but but uh, yeah, it's just it's a cool kind of quality that set it apart. You definitely totally. have that like Jurassic Park moment when you come up to the gates. <laughs> It's like slow <laughs> reveal, <laughs> and then you, dri you drive up. They actually have that song playing when you go yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's like uh, Rick Rubin is this, like the producer. Uh, he's got like a really. Yeah, we're working with Rick. Oh, you're working with Rick on the next album. Yeah, sure. Nice, nice. Who's, who's him well. funding that record, guys? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's a. I would imagine it's a similar situation where he's like in the Hollywood Hills, and it's just like a big, beautiful property just overlooking the entire like city of LA and like mountains and all this shit and it's just like a zen getaway and you stay there while you're recording a lot of the time and it's just it's basically like a retreat to create music that sounds like just heaven if if I when I die I hope that's what heaven is for me just a retreat of creating music that's why there's so many ghosts at Rick Rubin's studio uh, well he also kills a lot of people and that's a fact <laughs> it's better than 100%. Yeah, yeah, like our our last uh, experience was we were recorded in this warehouse that was uh, in a junkyard, uh, oh, and then yard, they yeah. put us up in an abandoned rub and tug yeah. with no air conditioning, no relaxation fence. station. Is no. that what <laughs> yeah, the last studio I worked station. at was in a cardboard box inside a dumpster. So what? I'm just kidding. Oh, I was about uh, to say. <laughs> we're just trying to one up you. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, were the acoustics good in the dumpster? <laughs> yeah, it sounded great. Yeah. No, but uh, uh, I can't even think of the name of that they studio. They put a little right sound foam Manic, on yeah. the inside of the cardboard box. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's got really, it's got really great acoustics. Yeah, yeah. man, like it's the, great. no echo. It's like a one down, by the way. It's not really a one up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like but no, uh, that's that's what you're saying though. It just looks like it's gonna be a dump, and you walk in, and you're like, holy it's fuck, beautiful this studio. is so great. Yeah, Dog yeah. Manic is gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. Location. It's uh, just five hours away, so we can't yeah, do that well. anymore. Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> All right, so let's get into to your background now outside of Mr. Cool. What's your story? How did you discover music uh, as a passion for you? Go ahead, John. Uh, you go first. All right, I will. 
Um, <laughs> I already told them my whole I know, story. I, I want to hear your story. I got you. Uh, my story isn't as exciting, I guess. I just have always, like, probably like everyone, been a huge music fan. I think one of the more unique things about <clears throat> my, like, journey into recording music is I always assumed I shouldn't be allowed to do it. <laughs> like, I had this, like, extreme reverence for musicians and songwriters and, like, the process. Like, even as a kid, I was, like... I, like, I was, like, afraid to touch instruments. They felt so, like, special or important. And, like, even, like, <laughs> you know, like, going to church as a kid, like, uh, the the church band, like, I would just, I would be so, like, scared to talk to the musicians. They seem so special. So, like, to be honest, I, it took me a while to kind of get over that and, like, try to do it myself. Um, I had some great friends. I lived in Tampa for a while. Okay. And uh, I was cued in. Shout out to Nate Contra, amazing engineer. Um, I had an opportunity to just kind of shadow him and what he was up to. And, you know, that was kind of where I was like, well, hey, I, I've seen this done. You know, I've, I've always been a writer. And, you know, I, I was playing the guitar. So although, like, I didn't, <clears throat> I didn't jump into it right away as a kid, I definitely was, like, the biggest fan you know of music and uh, just like all of you guys obviously but um it took me a while to like try to do it and then i was you know lucky enough to have an opportunity to work in a studio every day um down in tampa and that's kind of where the spark of i guess drive started where i was like you know i really i have some ideas that i really want to do um the problem was i hadn't been in a band so it was mostly just me writing songs and playing them for myself. <laughs> right. You right. know, and like, I guess just practicing and whatever. But when I had a chance to move back to North Florida, uh, I that's kind of where recording, recording started. I put a little band together, more in the Americana range of sound. <clears throat> and uh, in that process, doing some recordings with Salt and Pine, I met John Ward, so... Salt and Pine, yeah. why does that sound so familiar? Who's that? Salt and Pine is, uh, we started off as a trio based out of St. Augustine. Uh, we definitely are going strong. We dabbled in, like, the North Florida area pretty extensively. Um, we're still actively playing shows, and we've released two albums. Okay, cool. But uh, Mr. Cool is, like, a big-time departure from that sound, and I think for me it was a necessary... Um, escape to do something new and so because actually that's kind of where it started to be honest was I got a hold of John I was looking for some recommendations for someone to do some session work and I got to meet John John of course is like the coolest is the nicest guy yeah so we, sure. went, we went out to eat after the recording kind of started chopping it up a little bit and um, yeah and then I was like man I have this idea for another project and that's pretty much how it came together. So wow, yeah. Uh, I want to backtrack to for a second for uh, to John being the coolest guy. Can you just be a little bit more of a dick, bro? Because like you can't be that nice and also that talented. That's why he just, plays with so many hey, bands. I'll do my best, so dude. Boy, huh? <laughs> I'll do my best. Start. You know, you should just develop a, a drug habit and then just start quitting bands left and right. That's what you got to do. I'll get. I'll get started on that. Yeah. Just, yeah. It's never too late. <laughs> it's never too late never to do drugs. Late. Yeah. 
Um, Any time oh, of the never day. Too late. Yeah, Ever. Any time of the that's day. The, uh, that's the bottom of the bill message. That is yeah. the bottom of the bill message. Uh, we're looking for sponsors, by the way, if anyone's interested. <laughs> I don't dare? Think we, um, we just be sponsored. <laughs> dare, yeah, dare. By Maker's Mark would be great. Maker's, the Kentucky's finest handmade bourbon. I mean, at this point, if you're making <laughs> fucking whiskey in your bathtub, we'll take it, bro. <laughs> just saying. Um, Bathwater right. whiskey. Sponsor of... Bottom of the bill. Bottom yeah. of the bill. Bottom of the barrel. Bottom of the bill. Oh man! Brought to you by cardboard boxes. <laughs> yeah, that should be yeah. That and foam insulation. <laughs> <laughs> foam insulation. <laughs> and long, cold nights in dumpsters. Hey, uh, I think that would damn. be a great uh, idea. We should come out with our own uh, moonshine. Long, cold nights in dumpsters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, Sorry. LC and Dem sounds great. Station. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we should make our own moonshine and call it Bottom of the Barrel. That's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that. Uh, it's actually a really good one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna hang great. on to that one. All right, yeah. cool. It's pretty good. Um, so, who d- would you say were your earliest influences when you were first, c- or when you were listening to music when you were a kid? I'm looking at one of them right now, the old Let It Be album. The four. Oh man, the, the yeah, four mop tops. I was like in a house that. My dad was playing music every day. Like, my dad was a huge John Prine fan, so I grew up in a house of John Prine music. And Hell like, yeah! I have everything. Well, I could thank my dad for everything for any of the, you know, putting me on to good music. Um, but yeah, I grew up listening to pretty much everything because that's how he was. So, primarily it was Beatles music, uh, John Prine songs, um, some CCR. Uh, but then, like, I got heavily into hip-hop. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> like, we all probably did at some point. Definitely. And, um, except this guy. I just <laughs> never did it. <laughs> yeah. I got uh, Tupac on my wall, but I never... <laughs> he's never even heard a Tupac song, actually. Fun Not story. Really. I couldn't name one, no. Yeah, it's wild. Sorry. Anyways. Definitely Pink Floyd was a massive influence. I yeah. mean, maybe there's a little, you know... Some, some, of the, some of the album is paying homage to things I love. I'll be honest about that, uh... You know the way the songs kind of sound different song to song. Some of that's intentional. I like. I really wanted the album to be kind of an homage to styles of music, um, stuff that I loved, and Pink Floyd was definitely one of those things. things. Yeah. Hey everyone, just wanted to take a second to talk to you about one of our favorite music venues, Blue Jay Listening Room. Blue Jay is a space for true music lovers, where every ticket is a backstage pass. Silence your cell phones, enjoy a nice glass of wine or craft beer, and be part of an intimate experience unlike anywhere else in Jacksonville. Hear national and local artists sing their original songs and share the stories behind them in a space carefully curated for the premiere show-going experience. I personally have seen some of my favorite shows here, as well as having played in some of my heroes. Not only is Blue Jay a wonderfully unique experience, it has become a staple in the Florida music scene. Mention Bottom of the Bill on your next visit and receive 10% off your tab. Blue Jay is located at 2457 3rd Street South, Jacksonville Beach, and be sure to check out www.bluejayjacks.com for news, ticketing, and events. I remember when I first discovered Pink Floyd, it was in high school, and I mean, I obviously knew who they were, but like, like before that, but... Uh, I never. My dad wasn't like a huge Pink Floyd fan, or if he was, I just didn't hear it growing up. So when I got into high school, um, I had some friends of mine that were like kind of into that, into into that kind of world. And uh, I'm gonna like out myself here, but we took some acid one time. And, What's uh, that? 
it's a weird drug. You should try it sometime. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I'm just I'm just kidding, kids. Don't do drugs. Um, this show's for entertainment purposes only. Yeah, but a little disclosure right there. Um, and I remember we listened to the Wish You Were Here album from start to finish. And I just like laid on my friend's couch in the dark with a strobe light going, and then fucking Welcome to the Machine came on, and I about lost my shit. I just sat there, uh, and obviously the you know visually the the shit that's going on is insane but like just the feeling of just like it's it was majestic you know what i mean uh and then i was just like this is already like my favorite band the beatles will always have a number one spot for me but like pink floyd became a quick number two after that yeah like i so one of our fellow bandmates uh shout out dan dan flores um well, I I have this thing where I force him to rank things because he refuses to like give anything precedent or, or ranking over something he, else. He sounds like Mr. Cool, also. Yes, yeah, he's, yeah. he's super Mr. Cool. <laughs> um, but like, I feel like I can stand on that. I feel like Pink Floyd might be the greatest band of all time. I think maybe like just on the catalog. I mean, like everybody has their own opinions. Like you know, there's different kinds of great music, but I do. I think that's that's like the pinnacle as far as like conceptual meeting in the ears and then like you know the visual element of it it's just so amazing like and like and you said welcome to the machine um i was listening to that the other day getting chills i've heard that's like what a hundred times yeah. still works and we're looking at that photo right, right now yeah exactly. and uh i don't know man those guys just hit it so square so um yeah, paying homage to that somewhat in the sound, but we can never like replicate it. You know? Right. We had a yeah, of whole whole conversation about this with I can't remember who it was who was our guest, but about how Pink Pink Floyd was like the one of the most original bands. Yeah, the, the, ever the innovation on yeah. the on the, on the production like before side. It, before then there was nothing, and then after that like they they had their own category of music. It's yeah. not it's not rock. It's not it is a lot of blues, but like. Then the craziest fucking not you, there's no word for it. I don't know how you describe yeah. that. They're like psychedelic. They like invented psychedelic music, but it's not even psychedelic. It's not even psychedelic. <laughs> it's just like it's just it's like Floyd. ethereal <laughs> rock kind of. You know, yeah. it's just like a different kind of thing. And David Gilmore um, is probably one of the most uh, prolific guitar players of all time. Man, yeah. I mean, he doesn't do like any like he never does anything fancy, but he kind of does too. And like his. Like, the way that he plays the notes, you know what I mean? It's like, I've tried to, like, replicate... I've tried to transcribe David Gilmore solos, and it's like... I so about feel. Yeah, song. it's just... It's like, I can't even... I can't even do it. It's, he's playing three notes, and I can't play it. <laughs> you know? I'm just like, how the fuck do you... Like, I can't play... Like, it it won't you mean. sound like him, you know what I mean? Yeah. I loved it for the, the mini Moog. Like, they just... Oh, fuck, yeah. They put it to work in all their albums. Well, especially Welcome to the Machine. No, I know. Me? Oh yeah! Oh, fucking, oh my god! And that that it just came night. out and everything. Yeah, it's a funny story about that. Uh, Rick Wakeman got one for like uh, they were very very expensive back in the day, and uh, someone uh, sold it to Rick Wakeman because they thought it was broken because it only played one note at a time. Oh my god! Somebody sold me this piano and it was only one note at a time, and then Rick Wakeman bought it for like three hundred dollars and just changed the face of. <laughs> oh <laughs> my god! That's so funny. I had a friend almost do that to me recently, where they they thought that their clean channel on their mesa boogie amp wasn't working which is like a $2,500 amplifier yeah he was like i'll just give it to you you just have to get it fixed and i was like okay <laughs> i went over to his house the other day to go jam and like i plug into his like, only the dirty channel works and i was like okay we turned on the clean channel worked and he was like 
should have taken that offer when I gave it to you, bro. And I was like, no, I'll take it now <laughs> for free right now. I'll take it off your hands. Um, right. <laughs> man. Um, but yeah, so uh, did you say that Nolan worked? Did you, did you work with ASCAP at some point? I did, yeah. Yeah, that was another thing that led me to. I mean, I was already making my own music, um, but I definitely pursued like a career in the industry. Welcome to the machine. Yeah, right. And uh, I did. Yeah, I worked for it. It gave me incredible perspective. It gave me um, great insight. Uh, working and seeing kind of the machine of Nashville, um, learning things I had no idea about. Um, yeah, I wouldn't have traded that. I wouldn't have traded that for anything because it taught me a lot. And, and like in general, if you're going to make your own music – some of that stuff you just don't know you don't you know what i mean like you could go to i guess full sale or something and yeah learn it all but um you learn by doing so i learned a lot um about like stuff i still use to my advantage today just from working how did mr or, or sorry we know kind of how mr cool formed right you guys met uh, you were recording some stuff and then you met john and how did you put the band together from there so I actually, before even meeting John, uh, our bass player Dan and my good buddy Craig, who's on the lead, uh, the three of us were jamming. So um, it was pretty unorganized, but I had a couple songs I was that I wrote that I was playing with them because it was nice to play with somebody else. Um, but the band didn't really come together until I met John because I did have this idea. I wanted to bring the trumpet specifically into rock music again. And it, I don't know whether or not it's, this is true, but I feel like it's kind of like a missing thing. And I'm sure that's not true. I just don't, I'm not hearing it on the radio or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that's, you know, the songs were being worked by myself, Dan and Craig. And there was this, uh, amazing player known as Alex Paramus, who is, uh, if you're from St. Augustine, that name is obvious and right away. He's just such a fantastic drummer. Um, so we had the three of us, me, Dan, and Craig, been such dorky big fans of the Space Heaters. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, those guys just rip. So yeah, man. I went up to Alex just mentioning that I had this idea for a project. And Alex is such like a welcoming, good-natured dude. He was like, "Oh yeah, sounds pretty cool." You know, but, you know, we did. We made it happen, man. We it's like one of those things. We just made it happen. I actually got some studio time. Shout out to uh, Bill at uh, Toes in the Sand. It's a oh hell yeah, legendary sound operation in St. Augustine. And uh, I had been doing some work with Bill, so. He let us use the studio, just kind of meet to jam for the first time. And John and I had individually played a couple of the songs. And I had yeah. I had a lot of trumpet parts in my head. <laughs> I can't play trumpet. So I just kind of like a like an imbecile, like mouthed them to John. And he like humored that and was like, oh, no, actually, it sounds like a trumpet almost. Yeah, it was pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah. And the. He it's not a big difference between a trumpet and somebody humming. I guess so, right? And it all I, comes from the mouth. It's true. 
I guess you're doing that in the instrument, basically. So pretty much. How do you play trumpet? <laughs> <laughs> Just a deer. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, so step <laughs> step one: how to play. Tr- <laughs> yeah. No, I mean. It. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay, I will. Their so, story is more interesting. <laughs> it's really not much of a story. I just, I met John. He, like, because he's so, I mean, you've played with John. He's, like, so gifted at just, like, hearing and doing. So he did. He he humored the goofy trumpet parts I had in mind. And uh, I play guitar. And I really dug it. I just really, really, it was, like, something I always wanted to hear. And it was awesome. So he agreed. And we, uh we did we just jammed it out one day and it was kind of off and running from there everything really really came together practice one and um yeah that was it so i'm uh i'm curious as to how you've been able to make uh, have you kept consistent members the entire time or uh okay so and how long has the band been together for well it was also a weird time to start a band during the the great pandemic of 2020 right so you guys started yeah, last our year first our first show was like <laughs> basically the week before the pandemic started nice so good, we like built up and did this first show and we had all this momentum and then the whole world ended for like a while we we're like well that sucks yeah we were just fun. getting started but then i feel like we all that shutdown time we actually utilized that to really create the album which maybe we wouldn't have been able to utilize that time in the same way if we were playing shows during that time all the time. It that was a weird blessing in disguise with that. that so that kind of uh, leads me to my next point was like you got a band with guys that are working full time pretty much. How do you manage the schedules and rehearsals and you know booking dates and that kind of thing? Man, it's tough. Uh, yeah, the truth is like I have another project too. John has. 47 other projects yeah um alex only has like five other projects dan is a psycho so he's you know <laughs> we have to find him find out where he is yeah um just kidding no. craig <laughs> that's hilarious, craig uh no honestly that's the biggest challenge i think anybody doing music in a uh, professional sense and trying to also do original material it's like the biggest challenge because usually the original shows don't pay so well so you can't i can't like begrudge somebody who's got a paying gig to you know work with the band but in truth it's never been a real problem it's tough to get things scheduled but the other thing is like not to give him such a big head but he's such a great player that doesn't really need to practice he's like alan iverson you know (laughs) um so it's really just making sure that we're cohesive and the guys are all just they're just so good um so we get together as much as we can like strategically we've realized it's better to plan out like two three months worth of practices versus like seeing can we all get together this week because right. like the answer is probably no right so um i feel yeah, like we started having big group phone calls where we're like yeah. let's just put the next five rehearsals on the calendar and that's that's the only thing we figured out where we it actually started working. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we that's what we did with side hustle. Where we were just okay. This day of the week is just designated rehearsal day. We tried that Mondays. too. <laughs> that didn't work. 
I've tried it all, man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had a band where that worked since high school, yeah. where we rehearsed on uh, this day of the week. Yeah. Because, and it, I, it's also like, I think psychologically in people's heads, if you have something every week, then like it also feels like, oh, I can, I can, yeah, A, it's, maybe it starts to feel like a chore over time psychologically. And there's also a level of like, oh, I have this other thing on this Tuesday night. I can move this one thing because like hell, we're practicing next week too or whatever. Yeah, I and it's almost saying. like if you try to do that with five people, you go from every Wednesday to like one Wednesday out of the month or whatever. That's definitely been. I don't know. It's it's always a, a huge challenge. John has a unique. We're just going to talk about John with most of this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> John has a unique ability to like compartmentalize, and he can like shift gears. Like even in the show that we played, I think he played three times that night because he could do that. Like he can. I mean, he can play trumpet and keys at the same time because he's a yeah, kind of psychotic human. So, <laughs> um, so John's like uniquely good at this like in that he can shuffle projects like that but um it's just it's definitely one of them things that in a perfect world we'd get together every day but you know i will say this a cool thing about the album some i'm definitely very proud of is there were a couple songs on that album although we did have pandemic times to rehearse often at least two songs in particular were i mean maybe we played them twice before we went in there really and so those songs ended up being like my favorite so that's a weird uh discovery too yeah. so Are i am curious about you win yeah was that one of those yeah it was so i am curious about that as well uh before i die before we dive into that what is the writing process like with you guys um it's probably going to be different going forward because you know most of these songs I wrote most of these songs like before becoming a band, some of them during the process of being a band. Um, so a lot of them have that bent to them that they started like here, but um, the music completely changes when we get to chance to play. So the process to date has been like song ideas, work them with John, uh, get Craig involved. Craig has, he he even sounds a lot like what's his face from Pink Floyd. Um, he has this knack of coming up with these little like earworms in songs that end up being like the song. So um, the music part of it's definitely collective, but like the structure, the arrangement to date, it's been mostly like starting here and then doing it together. Okay, cool. And then uh, how? I guess on, on two of the songs, you said you only rehearsed them twice before you went into the studio. How, right, yeah. how complete would you say most of the songs are when you go into the studio? And uh, this will be a fun topic. Uh, when, once you're there, how do the songs change during the, the recording process? See, and that is interesting because, again, maybe, one of my, maybe my favorite song on the album was the one that wasn't as well rehearsed. And there's something about grabbing that sort of like honest experimental energy, I guess. You're um, talking about UN? Yeah. I mean, the title track on the album, yeah. like, that wasn't something we really practiced. It was kind of like, here's the idea. It's, it's not a really elaborate with regards to like the chord structure. It's really just kind of two. 
But um, that one actually, that one didn't really get. It basically got solidified during recording because it's it's only two chords the whole time, and then layers kind of build on those chords. But when we were recording it. Uh, we didn't have this exact length set or anything. Nolan actually was doing scratch guitar and vocals, and Nolan was just uh, like giving direction during the take. And it's it's obviously was cut out, but like when we were actually recording the tracks, Nolan was like, "All right, get louder here," and he was like, "Drum fill," duh, 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 duh. <laughs> and like all these kind of things. Wild. And that's that's how we got the. The pacing of that, I don't think that we, we never not to click. I yeah, don't think I that mean, one that was impossible. It do. was really like we just decided to do a take, and just Nolan was just kind of narrating how the pacing should go, and it was like, hey, you start here, and then trauma starts here, and then it kind of, it kind of felt right as we did that. Then that's the one that we added the most to. Uh, in post I guess so then we kind of built the pacing that way and then went back and kept adding more shit in like the places where it made sense right so it's it's kind of funny how it, the end result it sounds like it's all it was all orchestrated or something but it really was basically improvised and then like built on top of I guess Did you guys do it in one take the the music the co- was in the one take but tracks the- Meaning, just meaning like drums, bass, guitar, and uh, I guess, yeah, I guess piano. No, I guess organ. Organ. But yeah, there was a lot of, probably more than half of that song was overdubbed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's like 12 things happening. The yeah. one thing we knew that, or like John and I had talked about before we went into the studio, I was like, you know what we should do is we should record a fucking choir. <laughs> And uh, we had like a good laugh about that. And I then, was like, like ah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. And then like. Anyway. <laughs> so then in the process, John had these like Juan, Brian, they laid these awesome horn parts. Um, John played some piano. We added that as well. And then we really started like, I couldn't get the, like the thought out of my mind. I was like, I just want to do it. I just want to do it. So we did. We we recorded a full choir for the song and it was like i am just so stoked that we did that cuz like you didn't we didn't probably didn't have to do that we could have like done it ourselves i guess but i just i wanted to do that so Wait, we we did it what do you mean you recorded a full choir we recorded a choir yeah. uh it's it's uh it's layered in there um we uh shout out to pulp in gainesville they made that happen for us we uh we networked with a uh there's this really cool organization they're called thousand voices of florida and they are guns for hire if you need uh session work or something like that they can source voices most of the voices come from like local gospel churches um so it's a great little side hustle for them (laughs) Um, trademark, you owe us money. Trademark. Hey, you owe them now. <laughs> but yeah, that was I'll like. Send you an invoice, don't worry. No, yeah. <laughs> that was definitely to date. I've been recording music for 10 years. That was 
the coolest thing I've yeah, ever done. Yeah, of course. It's pretty amazing, it's actually. so cool. That sounds yeah. like uh, 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 Dewey Cox with the Thousand Didgeridoos. <laughs> it started... <laughs> well, so John had the challenge of mixing that That was song. basically our version yeah. of Dewey Cox. <laughs> oh we we definitely, like, this is all in joked one, about that. It, uh, this is all in one, on that one song. Yes. Which, what's the, the name of it again? It's the title track, You Win. You Win. You well, win. Would it be all right if we played it? Please, yeah. yeah okay, sure. uh, here it, and it's from... The, uh, this is You Win from Mr. Cool off their album, You Win. Take a look.
Uh, what an amazing that song. Was, that was just an incredible song. <laughs> like, through and through and through. I can't an entire how many people were in that choir? I think we had eight voices total. Um Yeah, I'm gonna say but, there were eight. But then we had us and we did I guess what I <laughs> what we did on a couple of the like the same thing we did with the horns at the the climax of the song. I think there was 10 people singing in the takes, but I layered like six different takes of them. Oh boy. So it sounds like there's probably 60 people. And it only worked at the big part kind of cuz it's like in the mix with everything. You couldn't do that if it was more exposed, but um but we had we had them redo the climax like a bunch of times. And since there's so many things in the song, I was like, what I was, I just wanted to try see what happened if I just let them all play and it worked. It sounded like it was one choir of 50 or 60 yeah. people and so I just blended that into the background. Holy cow. Oh, that's such a great idea. That, okay, so It was only 8 people, but it sounds like no, 50. No, that's enough people though so that if you were like to double it or whatever, how many times did you do it? Probably like at least 3 <laughs> Something times. Something like f- I think 5 or 6. That's that's enough. That's at a, the peak. Yeah, yeah, that's just that's enough like uh, 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 variances that it doesn't sound like you doubled it. And we had right. different takes too. That's so genius. like we had we had That's what I'm yeah, looking for right so there. So you didn't actually just like keep the uh, like like the final take of each one and then double that you actually use set uh, like like different right. takes of the same person of, of the same harmony whatever it might have been exactly is it, okay because if you the, yeah if you doubled the same audio file it would just be the same thing louder yeah exactly but but yeah we used six different takes of them doing the same thing so okay little variances subtle variances cool. yeah. and it gives it that enormous choral effect right yep. right and uh and again that's also any of the songs that on the record that have the group horns that's the same thing we did where we recorded the three horns twice and used both of them kind of pan left and right so it sounds like kind of a Cacophony. you know like a little ring of six horns right right now i'm curious because like so on this is gonna get kind of nerdy and boring again sorry guys uh, per usual. Uh, something that I kind of realized on this last uh, round with our album was the uh, just exploring the placement of sound in the mix, right? And like you can do all these things, like obviously left and right panning, but then you can kind of like if you look, if you kind of view it as like looking at the top of a of a of a uh, of a prism or something like head on right and it's like you have this spectrum of sound that kind of just opens up like a triangle and you can place it like at this point or like you know and then every point between here and the end of it right so it's like this sound can be a little bit more up front or this sound can be a little bit more behind and it's like the way you place all these things can really kind of have a uh an, a crazy effect on on the experience that you're having as a listener you know yeah 100 dude that it's, was- it's funny you say that when i was working on on UN, I spent a night. I spent a night basically beating my face on the desk trying to do this because there were so many things. And I have still have the page at home. I drew a, I drew this giant diagram of the song as a pyramid. Really, <laughs> like just like you're saying. And I was like trying to make a little diagram of where everything goes. Yeah. 
it's it's wild, right? It I mean, kinda, like I mean, it helped to think of it that way. That's kind of because that really is how sound visually strange, but it's it's yeah. a thing. It was just it's, it's interesting. It, yeah, it, it just it, it was just uh, it was this uh, <laughs> this weird kind of like thing that uh that I I don't know when, when we were I spent a lot of time in Second the. Uh, I guess I'll cheers my almost empty glass that Billy didn't save me any alcohol for. It's okay, no big deal. No big deal. Yeah, we gotta tap it, right? Thanks, Bill. I said I'll sit here without alcohol the rest of the time. No big deal. Uh, anyways, well, if uh, someone's gonna drink, it's gonna be the one listening to you talk about triangles and music or whatever. <laughs> um, hey, well, man, he said prisms. That's cooler. What's a prism? Prism. It's basically like a like a three dimensional triangle. Oh, like Pink Floyd Dark Side of the Moon. Like a like like a pyramid or something. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so just related to that, I would say one of my, like an Easter egg in the album, if you'd listen for it, you're not going to be able to catch it unless you're in the headphones because it's splitting, you know, where sound is going. But there was another song on the album called The Last Ride. And there's this separation. It's almost two songs. So like the first half is distinctly different than the second half. Like in the middle, it basically like falls off the cliff and, um, becomes this like psychedelic thing but john and i went back and forth on like the best way to like spatially arrange things and if you listen for it in headphones you'll catch it but one of the things that we had to do which was (laughs) it was a little weird most of the times where you start a song things are fixed in space your guitar is here in your head your trumpets are here when you're in the you know you're in the headphones you can you can separate them spatially but to get the thing done that we needed to, we actually decided to pan the guitar from one ear to the other. So you might that might not come through if you were listening like the car or something like that. But you you can pick it up in the headphones. Headphones, yeah. It was like a weird choice, but like I'm, it's one of my favorite things in the yeah, recording. It's 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 like uh, the 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 possibilities of things like that are endless in the studio, which is why it's so like I I just more than anything i love that experience because it's really like it's a there's even things you can do like like we, we, i was mis- messing with billy's keyboards on one song where we were like uh which ultimately he over when he I overrode the there. idea uh because he didn't like it but i thought it was pretty brilliant because because <laughs> he's got like a he's using a synth on this one part and it had a a uh, uh it goes from like a low it's it, like a, a three octus a scale yeah and so and like but there's also a filter on it that 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 happens like like uh like when it's like lower in the lower register versus like in the in the higher register Mm -hmm. and so it we we were kind of like doing this thing where uh we were adjusting the volume as it was kind of panning and then like adjust like just and i don't know it was this very cool effect uh that it was uh just i don't know that 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 I experienced when we were in the room, and then Billy listened back to you. He was like, "No, that sounds dumb. Let's not do that." No, I, I'm not. I, I, you're, you're taking me out of context for definitely. Uh, I thought it sounded uh, cool too. I just didn't want that. Yeah, there's a big difference. I just didn't want it to sound cool. No, yeah, I, just didn't, exactly. I didn't want it to sound that way. Like, yeah. period. Like, it, I, I get what you were doing for yeah. sure, but like, that's not what I wanted. But either way, like, 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 like the the idea that there's like these things, it goes so beyond just like performance, where it's like you can really explore the production side of like 
you know, let's take out this frequency at this part, at this part, but then kind of put it in here and we can move it from this side to that side. And we can do, we can put it like, you know, we can make the listener feel like it's actually happening right in front of them, or we can make it feel like it's an experience that's kind of being had way, way in the back. And it's just like, it's, it blows my mind too. And yeah. I still like, There's as a lot you can do as yeah. much. Yeah. And as much as like, uh, you explain it to me or the producers or not producers, sorry, the engineers explain it. I, I still just can't get. I'm like, but it's still just one waveform. How does it sound like it's behind me? It doesn't make any sense to me. It so just does, that, though. I just some of that mystery, how, how I'm still confused. Like, yeah. John, credit to him and some of the awesome engineers we've worked with, like my buddy Nate being one of them. Um, it's amazing how deep you could go into the the matrix of changing sound and, like you said, frequencies. It's it's kind of fucking unbelievable, actually. It's wild, and it's why I haven't undertaken the task of becoming an engineer. But I like telling the button pushers what's it, what buttons to press. I will say that much. A lot easier to be the guy who Hell says, yeah. do this. Yeah. I'm that guy, usually. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that, that's what... Somebody's got to know how. Luckily, John's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's kind of... They're... they're you know, they're, they're different skill sets. You know, you, have, you like engineers and producers, like people get them kind of, like, confused. But an engineer can and oftentimes is a producer but like then there's like this next thing where it's like well somebody has to have like the like this next level idea maybe a third uh, party perspective or which is why bringing in like an outside producer is like amazing but uh if you don't have that then just like having someone in the band that's like thinking about things on that level you know yeah it's interesting to think of like the I guess the two sides of there's there's a technical side of engineering and then there's also a an element of artistry where there's not necessarily like a right or wrong answer exactly and I mean there's there's a part of engineering which is truly like like you know the guys that they know all their equipment they know how to capture the best sound and get all the levels right and then there's other ways to approach producing that is more like maybe things that might break the rules but you know being more creative with things like your panning or your filters or whatever where yeah i don't know it's just i think it's an interesting uh pursuit because there's both of those sides to it and i think the best audio engineers that i admire what they do are people that know both of that and they ha- they have like a total mastery of just pure sound quality but then they can also use it to make interesting experiences and they can mess with the rules and things like that real fans of music you know what i mean like that's like like like, they, like they're musicians as well right it's like i've i've always made this, yeah. this distinction of like of of like if you're you don't have to play an instrument to be a musician you you can just like like being an artist or a musician is actually just having the idea in your head and then whatever tool you use to get that out into the into the universe is just the tool that you're using completely agree whether you're somebody who's creating tracks in logic or ableton whatever it might be and you didn't touch one in quote-unquote instrument but you just made it like you're a musician uh so yeah engineers that kind of maybe they don't they don't like you know create entire tracks or whatever but but they have an ear because they listen to everything 
not just listen but dissect on a level that even your average musician is not listening right because like they're they're hearing all those little things in the production and then they're studying those things in the way that you would transcribe a solo and like take on little nuances of that particular player right they're doing the same thing on the production end of it and they come in and you're recording a record and it's like hey uh, we should try this or we should try that. And not only should we try that, I actually know how to make that happen, right? I can actually push the right buttons to do that exact thing. And it will take me no time at all. Those are artists as well. And Completely the best people agree. to have Definitely. on your side, you know, there's like a, there is a fine line too with all that stuff. Like where, I don't know, in, in a, in a weird way, sometimes knowledge is a barrier or something also at times too. So I agree with kind of what you were saying, which is, or maybe you said it. It got said uh, <laughs> that there's the artistry of the engineer and the technical know-how, and then there's the thinking outside of the box aspect to things. Right. And sometimes in that, even in music, I think, and even in songwriting, there can be kind of forced, uh, I don't know, you get trapped sometimes in your own knowledge where you're like, okay, this is outside of that structure uh, or that doesn't make sense. And sometimes like that's a barrier. And, mm -hmm. you know, um, John's pretty great because he has, he's so studied musically, but he also has a spark too. So he doesn't get stuck in, in that box and I'm less studied musically so I can lean more into just feel and stuff like that. Right. And um, I would agree that it takes both almost equally. hundred yeah. percent, man. Even on the, on the like, like you said, like, like the, the writing side, the partnership of somebody that has like the know-how of, you know, the, the theory and like, you know, what actually works and what actually doesn't. Or sometimes it's like what I noticed as I've become more learned as a musician where it's like, okay, uh, this idea that you have, I know you like, I think this is what you're trying to do, right? It's like you play this one thing and it's like, that's not quite the right sound you're going for, but I know what you're going for. And then you can do that thing. It's like, there's having that aspect, but as well as somebody willing to kind of, uh, push the envelope that to say, it's like, it doesn't matter what I've learned or what I've heard before. This actually does sound cool. Right. And whether it's on the, uh, it works in the same way in, on, in production as it does in songwriting, you know, and that's a great partnership to have. I think. I think I think that's our partnership because I I get like furious when it doesn't make sense. Like I I, I fight back yeah, so you do. hard. It's so annoying. No, I know. But then uh, then he's like, just try it anyway. It's like fine, fine. And then I play it. I'm like, all right, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, but the thing is, is but that it takes a real man to admit his own faults. It it does, and so and here's and here's but but here's maybe. Maybe just, you know, let, let a couple go. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. <laughs> Here's what I'll also say about you, though, right? Is that go because ahead. you're, you're uh, very classically trained. So, so classically trained. So, I like mean, at least for a semester at UNF, classic, right? Dude. I uh, failed out of music <laughs> school. That didn't mean I fucking okay. the classical so Whatever. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so when I present something, I'm looking at it from a sense of, like, more of – like a jazz perspective. I was going to say Dave Matthews, but keep going. Yeah. <laughs> um, whereas. Same thing, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing, dude. <laughs> uh, 
uh, where where when you look at something, it's like, okay, how does it relate to the root of of the key that we're in? Yeah. And I don't think about it that way. I'm like, okay, well, we can like this thing can be anything in in whatever context yeah. you know what i mean and if you know how to get it to that point then that's yeah. that's the important I'm thing working on you're working on it, it we're working it, on about you. about i'm going to fix do. you bill don't no, worry no 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 it's not that when i when i uh, uh start uh writing music or if don't i worry, even I'll at, fix you even I'm at, fix at you. rehearsal and this is good because we're doing this podcast after rehearsal late at night you know we just had a rehearsal before uh, uh y'all came, came over but uh we were working on something today yeah. but i i i really don't get like angry about things except for like when i'm concentrating on something very very fiercely and it, it, it's to, it, to everybody around me it looks like i'm getting very very angry but i'm i i guess i am but it, i can't help it it's only because i'm concentrating like so hard about it and it's so intense to me that i'm like no fuck, it's not gonna fucking work don't do that yeah i, I sound very angry i had a chance to in a different iteration of my other group um play with this really incredible cellist Shout out to uh, Sam Shin. And the first half of his musical life was spent, he was in a touring orchestra. They like toured the world. Um, what an experience, you know? And he's, yeah. I mean, he's such a phenomenal player. He's immensely classically trained, but he got to a point where he just was like, I want to create and outside of the frame. So we were lucky enough to play with him, but it was interesting because some of those like things like, you're talking about where it's like your brain just goes well wait a minute yeah you know it's like that's so real because there are rules but i just in the case of what sam had said to me even he he refused to ever play anything pre-composed again he would only play improvisationally so that was a challenge recording wise because we would never decision it is is but he but he stuck to it as a principle and i'm sure still feels that way so even in the studio we would never we would never get the same take again it was but I mean that's that's like a uh, a principle that he lives by. But uh, it is interesting because it's like when you have the weight of all that knowledge, like you have, I could totally see that being a like a tension point when Man, creating. Really, at some level, I've always I've always felt like that was one of the main dichotomies in music is the the give and take of like technical mastery and pure creation because they're like they affect each other but they're they're very different things and lots of people have a ton of one or a ton of the other and uh it's even it's it's hard to say which one is like you know is you need both of them i guess them, is yeah. is my point and um Although if I had to pick, I prefer to listen to people that have creativity. <laughs> but um, well, because you have but the it's other just side interesting. to balance I've, them out, right? Yeah, exa- I mean, yeah, I've just I've always thought that's an interesting kind of give and take of music, and so many different artists I find have different ratios of that. And for I, my favorite are always people that have that are squarely in the center. You know, I like people that know how to break the rules and are are very spontaneous but they still have the technical mastery and and you can tell that they're using that as a tool they're they're manipulating the notes at their will because they have that skill and then they're using that to create and I think that's that's really like that perfect 
fusion of those two things. 100%. 100%. Honestly, I feel like Alex is a lot like that. He's got like a firm grasp on both. Um, you're a lot like He's that. He's a too. beast. Alex yeah. is a beast. Yeah. There's a, a theory uh, when it comes to music is really, I mean, it's it's just that, right? It's theory. It's 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 a roadmap. Uh, it's not the. It's a good point. It's called theory. Yeah. That's a good point. It's just that, and and, and it's a roadmap. It's not law. Yeah, it's not a law, and 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 it it like you know we can we can look at maps and and as we all know that maps that were created you know a hundred years ago are completely outdated now. Right, because we've figured out new pathways to get to different places. Yeah. Um, some that are better than others, but either way, that's that's the creativity, and that's that to me is what it's all about. It's like like the artistry exists in those those unexplored pathways, and I think that it's on us as artists to explore those things and use like when we're lost and we're we're like we're like we're just in the woods in the middle of, of nowhere we have no idea where to get like how to get home then we look back to the map and we say okay here's where we're at let's figure out the way to get to this destination yeah, right because the the people that that came i'm sorry like the rules of music or whatever like it's just some people that came up with that like, the rules and we're just we're just like all right well, we're just following what you're you came up with yeah i mean and, th and there's and there there oh, is yeah. there is a certain science to how we hear sound and how we the, the the idea of tension and release right which is why like some things even what like, like just work better than, than others right yeah but like at the same time there's if you know if, if we're in the key of e major we don't need to like, like whatever like like going to C minor on the bridge is just not the only option, right? Like we can do all kinds of things at, or sorry, C sharp minor on I the know, bridge. It hurt my head when you said it. This sorry. is what happened. Like, like, that sounds cool. I, I was about yeah. to get angry though. Sorry. You're like, that yeah, would be cool, Mr. Bro. Cool over here is so like, yeah, that sounds good. Me. I'm like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right. Right. No. And I, and I, I, I know. So angry. Yeah. There's, there's, there's just, <laughs> and, and like, and even the more fun part of that whole thing is to, how do we, like, let's say we are an E, right? And we go to C, C minor, as I made the mistake. Don't do that, uh, kids. Don't how, listen to it. How do we, how do we get there? Do it. Don't do it. Right? Do it. Do it. Fucking do it. Why not? You're a fucking artist, right? Uh, what are we doing this for? You're trying to learn fucking journeys. Play in C minor. You're an artist, aren't you? That, yeah, right? That, <laughs> you try to fucking learn. Uh, uh, don't stop believing. Or you're trying to like, be a fucking artist. Every one of those notes is out of key like that's gonna sound but there's so a way to, but there's a way to get there though that's okay. what that's that's the point that i'm trying to say is that there's a way to get there yeah right and it's been done before and it sure. won't be the last time that it's done and i just think that it's to to explore the option is just it's important as no, an artist I know. to do and you that's know what, i want to explore all the options yeah i really do but don't get so resistant I, I, and mad I, at me when i'm trying to no. take you on a on a sonic journey uh, no bro. i'm what i'm trying to say is is realize who i am as a person and i'm just gonna get a little bit a little bit this irish, guy likes irish rage this guy likes folding clothes for a hobby of course he likes just fucking yeah. sticking to the roadmap you know that can't be true yeah, no it's true i love folding clothes that's one you of my enjoy folding clothes i do i'm like the only one uh, it wasn't a popular you would have loved to be me today <laughs> <laughs> i like folding clothes i did uh, that a lot uh, 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 my, if we lived close enough to each other i would 
empower your passion. Yeah, okay. Adam, I, I should take you up on that, dude. Yeah, empower. If anybody your wants to come to my house, and I'll I'll fold your clothes. I don't care what they are. <laughs> it if doesn't if they're clean. If they're clean, and you don't have to pay him anything. He's just doing it for the exposure. I, love it. I also <laughs> yeah. I love uh, mowing lawns. That's one of my favorite. <laughs> I'll cheers to, to my empty glass because Bill didn't put any in here. It's fucking yeah, great. Fold bro. my fold my clothes and mow my lawn. Yeah, I I will. I do. Yeah, dude, I, let's I'll, chat. Do you take chat. You'll be receiving an email. No, yeah. I was trying to think of some some sort of like I don't know the, the your interview has gone well yeah those 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 we'll tasks be in touch. where it's the same thing over and over again and it, to me I just treat it as like a game no deviation and and then uh, uh, somebody was like maybe you have OCD and I was like no no I get it though there's <laughs> in truth there's something very therapeutic about simple tasks that make something chaotic become orderly no I know it's it's good for your brain and. Where I feel that the most is actually, like, I, I think maybe I'm unique in this, but because everybody else hates it. But after a gig, I like wrapping cables. I was just about to say that. It's nice, right? I literally told Chelsea that last night. Yeah. I don't like the shit after that where you have to, like, stack all the heavy boxes and Hate that. push things around on wheels. That's just necessary work. But the cable wrapping part, I'm like, ah, this, is, this is good for me. It's like therapeutic 100 percent. it's I love that very part. satisfying that they're all tangled up you like Untailing. you find one you grab the whole thing you make it a nice little circle yeah you've just made the world that much better exactly. i hope you're doing over under technique with your cables hell yeah i am i don't that's all that, that matters i would that's probably just, like true. Uh, rolling up cables but no one taught me the right way to do it and i'm so bad I'm yeah so bad at i hate it when you wrap my cables so dude, dude you, you, the mo you have the most you cables my clothes i'll wrap your cables i'm so <laughs> that i mean that's john a good fucking deal his, john is he's like hell yeah let's do it i'm so good at it too have you ever tasted heaven in a glass? Do you pine for the hoppiest brews and palest ales? Do you like food? If so, then Wicked Barley is the oasis that your mouth has been wishing for, walking into the complete barren wasteland that is your life. Wicked Barley is located in Jacksonville, Florida, nestled on the banks of Goodbeast Creek. Wicked Barley aims to provide its guests with a wicked experience, offering over 18 house-brewed beers, ciders, and meats on tap. They also have an expansive gastropub-style food menu, including burgers, salads, sandwiches, and more. Whether you are a newcomer or a craft beer connoisseur, there's a little something for everyone at Wicked Barley. Visit them at 4100 Bay Meadows Drive and tell them Bottom of the Bill sent you. There's also like something, uh, I don't know, I was listening to like another podcast. I'm a devout fan, but I do listen to other podcasts. What? Man, wow, another bro. podcast? I did. There's I other listened. podcasts? There are. There are others. <laughs> not as fuck, good. Dude? <laughs> but the one I was listening to. Billy thought that that him him and Anton invented podcasting. <laughs> he did think that because that's just how his brain works. I'm sorry to burst your bubble. What there are mean? others. Like anyway. which came first is the classic question. But, right. Uh, the one thing I heard, and it was interesting, is that. And I, I and this, um, shout out to nobody because I don't remember which one or what. Shout out to nobody. Hey, shout out. Quick. That's a song um, title. I'm writing that down. <laughs> I was just gonna say that's an album. I'm doing that right now. Shout out to nobody. <laughs> uh, but it was interesting what was said in, in the podcast was like uh, that like they whoever it was said that they were the most creative and I also thought this is true when they were doing the most mundane things and that's why it's they at, said it's that on the list. <laughs> That's why they I said that, like, that their best, most like interesting ideas come to them when they're in the shower, yeah. or when yeah. they're, or when they're driving. It's true because you're in this like mindless activity. Your brain somehow has like 
free form to think outside of the activity. I don't know why that mm-hmm. is, but That's like the real. most mundane activities open the box creatively. Uh. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is because yeah, whenever I'm doing those things, like I I am concentrating, but I'm like my brain is like so far out. Yeah, like, it's like hey, I can focus on one thing and then I can actually think about other things. That's but the thing. I love driving so much. That is probably my other favorite is pastime. That, is that your thing that you don't have to pay attention to that just makes your brain go somewhere else? Because that's very dangerous. No, not at all. But it is true <laughs> that when you are driving that uh, uh, you go into a hypnosis. Yeah. Same and same thing with uh, mowing your lawn too. You, you're just like. I just mowed this lawn, but I don't remember doing it. Think about that for right. a second, though, right? It's like, like coloring. Like, like yeah, the, same idea. The experience of driving, right? I mean, like, think about you going on, like, an empty highway, right, at 80 miles an hour. That. Humans just aren't supposed to go that fast. Of course, we're in a bit of a hypnosis. We're actually traveling through space and time at a much more rapid rate than we're supposed to be traveling through. And not only that, but, like, when you're the one driving – you're in control of the vehicle. It's not like being on a plane where you're going 500 miles an hour or whatever, where like you're just where you forget that you're moving. It's like in the car where you're like in control of the thing, and you're like going that fast. It's like a thing, man. It's like you just, you're you just like time and space is kind of like it's odd. I don't know. Yeah. Somehow I feel like as I've gotten older, that drives of the same length feel shorter than they used to. Oh, 100%. Because now I drive. I live in Jacksonville and I go to St. Augustine damn near every day, <laughs> like four times a week. I feel like I drive to St. Augustine and that, that used to feel like forever. And that feels like it takes 10 minutes to fucking drive down the road. What's it just a block up the street? I don't yeah. Like I'm always that. surprised when I get there and it's, it's been an hour, but it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I just want to say this. About, I, I want to say this about Billy go real ahead. quick. Do you, do you said that you don't feel that way. And I, I, I want to I just kind of like highlight this moment is that because you've decided in your life that an hour is just an hour, yeah. right? You can't just adapt to the fact that like an hour is not that long now because I, I drive an hour every single day. It's just an hour to you. Like, like, like that's the amount of time and that's just like you can't allow yourself to feel like it's any shorter, right? Is it, it's a, that's how your brain what? works. Yeah. <laughs> have, you, have you seen Bill and Ted? Do you know how time travel works? Yeah, it's an hour. Yeah, yeah. but what I'm saying what are you is 69, about? dudes. Yeah. Yeah, 69. But, but, but what I'm sa- what, what I'm saying is what, what I'm saying is though it's like when you do something often enough, yeah. Like especially when you're driving for like an hour or 2 hours, that that amount of time that that amount of time seems like it's less and less. Even though it's not it just seems that way. For you, it doesn't seem any different. You know what I mean? It's just like you, you've just decided it's always going to feel that way. What is your point? As opposed this? to just ad- ad- What are we adapting. even talking about anymore? <laughs> I'm just this saying. What the music. hell are you talking about? Yeah. I'm just saying that your, your, your willingness to, to see things a specific way and, and, and be unyielding in that viewpoint is all I'm saying. Yeah, man. But don't be unyielding when you come to a yield sign. What? <laughs> God damn I would that say was a just great to bring it back joke. to driving. That was amazing. You're Somewhere along the line, I've become way too casual about driving because I've caught myself like, and I, uh, sorry <laughs> to a lot of people who have ridden with me. Like, I do a lot of other things besides paying attention to driving. Yeah. So like, like that is a problem. Like maybe we shouldn't be so mindless in that activity. So I'm trying to improve on that because like I'm on my phone doing shit. I you know definitely shouldn't I mean, be should you know, be paying I, uh, attention to the road. Yeah. This this is almost something that pe- people don't talk about, and I'm not saying that it's okay, 
But I did hear a comic one time say something. Shout along, out to nobody. Yeah, exactly. Something <laughs> along the lines of like, it's, it's 2019 or whatever year it was. They're like, if you can't text and drive without dying, then you just lose. That was, uh, that's a, I thought it was. I think that's it was Darwinism. Really popular opinion. I think that's and Rory I'm, Scovel, I'm like, look, I, I'm not necessarily saying that that's right. I'm not telling anybody. I'm not saying you should do that. I'm not proud of the times like, that I've done that. It. But we all do it. it can Everybody be, it can does. Be done. It. So basically, adapt or die, bitches. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're saying. Hashtag. We live in a exactly. world of texting and driving. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, that's that. I, that I, I'm on board. Shout with out that. to all those that put their <laughs> phone on airplane mode when we they get in the car. We all try not to do it, <laughs> yeah. but it's like trying not to eat too many candy bars. It's like, or like you're not per- going to be perfect. It's like trying to like not take a piss when you're taking a shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> what? That's. I don't think that's it's not the exactly same thing. what I had the way for I was the thinking. Of it. It's basically for the win. It's basically I get just what like, you mean. It's basically <laughs> that just, would be even harder. Yeah, I mean that's even more difficult. <laughs> it's basically just that's an just action not possible. It's just not possible, right? <laughs> so it's just when you're driving. I see what you're saying. You're gonna send a text message. Period. As soon as I sit in the driver's seat, I'm just like, saying. oh, now I'm gonna now I'm gonna answer all those unanswered text messages. Like, I got oh, time. I'm answer this person in an hour. Yeah, right. I'll yeah. forget. Yeah, I'll forget. No, that's 100 percent true though. I actually will forget, and that's a problem. That means means more to me that whatever money I lost that on for forgetting to answer that text means more to me than my life in the moment. Just going to put it out there. It's just like pissing when you're shit. <laughs> right. Just like pissing when you're shit. Song title. <laughs> song title. <laughs> hey, this is our new single. Just like pissing when you're shitting. <laughs> One, two, was, three, four. You want to start a new band? We've got all these great ideas. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've got some great album names also, by the way. Cool. By name the way, one, I'm one. just going to say that I'm written down. If if anybody does want to hear any of my song title list, yeah, yeah. I won't say no. <laughs> pull it no. up. What do you got? I'll pull up my band name list and we we'll see. It. We can go we'll toe have a to toe. Competition. Yeah. What do you like got? Fucking two hours right here. There you go. I'll. And it could be two hours. I'm not gonna read the entire list. What if, I'll what try if, to find the highlights. What if, what if we swap? What if we swap? <laughs> the and highlights right two, at the top. You two talk amongst yourselves and you pick the best ones and I'll you of mine and then see what they are and then I'll, I'll look at yours what? and pick the best ones. Literally. Wait, who should who should read which one? I'm saying swap. Here's my phone. You read the okay. And I'll now read I yours. Friendly now swap. You talk about I don't know. At the top, I said it. I thought it said brand jazz. names. Okay, well then brand nice. names. Then maybe don't talk into wow. the microphone while we're yours talking. Yours is like mine ourselves. too, where it just starts with. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. This is All right, great. so then you guys hop off the microphones. <laughs> this is so good. I'm gonna talk to Nolan about how he actually <laughs> brought this album to market because I'm very curious about Bill. <laughs> <laughs> sorry you're still talking in the I microphone know, I, okay I'm sorry. okay uh, i like the name carrie lost a bet <laughs> this is great i love this <laughs> that is a good one uh so nolan i actually am curious as to uh how you brought did you guys have a strategy when you brought this uh album to market or you just kind of like released it and just hope for the best back that blood. was the other like challenge of last year was some of the strategy kind of like just went out the window. There was no, you know, the idea initially is we were going to do a big set it off album release show, something like that. But it just, that was kind of where we got to that decision of like, let's just put the album out at the same time because there was no right or wrong way to do it. At that point. It was just, we made this music. 
<laughs> this is such a bad idea. Let's put this away. I'm Two so podcasts sorry. at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> this is such a bad idea. I'm so sorry. I thought it would be fun. Yeah, it's not fun. It's not. I was a. I, oh, it is fun. I was trying to be creative, and now you're. Hey man, shout out to that nobody. You just shout out to nobody. <laughs> <laughs> you're putting me in a box, <laughs> and I don't like it. I'm putting you in a box. I know. I know. I know. I don't I feel bad. He's, he's there's nothing to feel bad about. Yeah. I, don't, I don't feel really bad. <laughs> there, there's a cap to how fat to how bad I feel right now. I'm just gonna say. <laughs> no, it's definitely. Uh, it was definitely like a challenge to figure out how to put the music out when we couldn't play shows, or like when a, putting a show together was taboo. Um, right. Which was a whole other thing. So. Uh, yeah, we had a strategy going into it, making the album, what we wanted to do, and then. Again, we were like, let's just fucking put the music out and ride the wave after that. So I think now one of the things that we're interested in the most is setting up our own shows, Uh, only doing shows that we want to do, kind of making uh, a chance to play more of an exclusive event, less like repetitious. and we have a really cool show, I'll throw it out now, that we're setting up November 27th. Yeah, we're trying to bring the block party back, or the idea of a block party back. Uh, we're doing it in Volano Beach. Nice. And we've put together a really awesome bill. The other, literally, I think either today or yesterday, we were just talking about how we want to do the same concept here in Jacksonville. So... Uh, definitely when you know let's let's chat it up because i think what we want to do is set up shows regionally where we invite other original music bands bring everybody together for big uh big block parties and that's kind of the way we want to go about spreading the good word on the music is doing it live it exists online uh everywhere so plug it as we can but um yeah that's that's like november 27th Hell yeah. is, the, is the next big one. Do you guys have an event page made on a, on a Facebook or like stuff going out on Instagram or anything? We don't have an event page m- made yet. We probably should and will. Um, if, you, if you check us out on Instagram, which... The flyer of it is out there. The flyer exists. Uh, our Instagram exist. plug real quick is follow Mr. Cool. Easy enough. Uh, kind of right on the nose. Yeah. Uh, hey, what does that mean? <laughs> So you can follow Mr. Cool by literally following follow Mr. Cool. And uh, if you do, you'll see the event flyer. And there's going to be more. I mean, we're getting involved with a lot of different local organizations because that's another thing I believe in, too, is like these shows, at least the ones we want to set up, the idea is involving community. Yeah. And I, I put together a festival a few years ago before coronavirus where the idea was celebrating just st augustine um in general so we we put together the sta festival and uh we raised like i want to say like ten twelve thousand dollars for local area charities so each event that we do that's another big part of it is we want to like enrich the community where it happens so um for this this block party there's a couple different really awesome organizations that we want to raise money for in the process um the Sea Turtle Conservatory is one of those. We're going to be donating money to them. So there's a lot of details forthcoming as we get closer to November 27th. So follow Mr. Cool if you want to check any of that out. Awesome. Hell yeah, man. 
Besides uh, a block party consisting of a lot of bands, uh, like what else? What else does that consist of? Sorry, my <laughs> not uh, coming up with good words right now. Hard hitting question. Bill. I know. What does the event consist of? Yeah, I mean, like, uh, so a block party in my mind is like it's going to be at like several venues, almost like a, one of those festivals that's like at a like just only at uh, music venues, not like out in a field somewhere. So this is what we want to do, though. Is we want to we want to take the power, not like take the power. That's a weird thing to say, but the venues are kind of like in control. Rage Against the Machine is the headliner, <laughs> by the way, yeah. and they are gonna play "Take the Power Back." <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, but this this block party is going They're to not. be a traditional <laughs> block party. It's going to be in a neighborhood, so it's not going to be involved with any venue. It's going to literally be where our guitar player lives, okay. um, and we are going to transform the block so we have food trucks coming we have vendors joining us uh all the bands involved are you know the idea is come support those bands come to the show have a good time i think what we haven't mentioned yet for anybody listening is that it's an all-day uh thing involving nine bands and that there's bands every hour from from noon to 10 o'clock oh hell yeah and I think that's the same thing that we want to do in Jacksonville. Too. Yeah, and if we do, and I'll, I will shut you up on that. But man. it will be a Please full do. day event. We want to we want to do that uh, a bunch. So this coming year, we're going to set up a lot of these shows, and hopefully each show provides exposure for all the bands involved. Uh, does a good thing locally for whatever community we're in, and uh, you know, is is just like I don't know. Uh, like an old school idea like your community can have its own event you don't have to go to the the venue to see music you can make that happen on your block um you know and you can just decide to play music and decide to invite people to it which i kind of forgot that that was possible yeah like you're allowed to do this yeah Yeah. Yeah. uh you're allowed to uh is this like a what are the hoa fees on this (laughs) (laughs) correct so there's like also probably a good idea is don't do it where an hoa exists yeah Uh, (laughs) which is probably key you can't pop that off in the suburb near you necessarily if you did you might need explicit permission but luckily where we're doing it we have a really friendly community environment and uh it's kind of a unique, perfect situation. So November 27th, you'll have nothing to do after Thanksgiving like the rest of us. Uh, come out to the block party in Volano Beach. Hell for yeah. Sure. Where are you going to be playing, like, physically? Like, inside of a house or? The setup basically couldn't be, like, yeah, it's going to be a driveway show. So it's cool. pretty cool because the driveway is a natural stage. It's up on a hill. Okay. It's a really neat situation. The house is right on the corner of two streets. So it's at the corner. So, uh, the driveway itself is somewhat of a roundabout or a half moon. So the bands can set up there and it's like a natural stage. So we don't have to build one. So it's, it's kind of like a perfect situation. The house is perfect and, um, everybody's playing along in the neighborhood. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, Should we be like, sharing the address or not yet (laughs) so that's a key thing too is in order to like go to the show we're kicking around some different ideas but you guys probably all heard of like so far sounds you have to go on a scavenger hunt to find the address yeah so we want to do some like (laughs) some maybe not a scavenger hunt but we do 
We want to do okay, something. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Idea turned out. Uh, John found the yield sign. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> but yield. maybe. But maybe. So yeah, we want to we want to make sure that uh, you know, the address is given out to people who are really interested in coming. And you know, there there might be a way to do that. Maybe it's like a donation to one of the charities involved, or we're still sorting all that out. But um, yeah, eventually the address will be available to everyone who wants to go. Hell yeah, man. That sounds awesome. Very cool. We'll do it in Jacksonville, too, if you guys... Yeah. I oh, would love to, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Keep us posted Wanna about that. Us? For sure. For sure. I think the the best location for a block party in Jacksonville, you just got to... Have an idea. Oh, yeah. Oh. Share it. Well, your idea is better than mine, so let me say mine <laughs> no, first. Go for it. And then you can just be like, no, that's awful. Here's what we really should do. But I, you just got to find, like, a scummy landlord. You know what I mean? And then just be like, I've got, like, three or four uh, houses on this uh, street that I bought. No one's living in them. Like, all right, that's that's an all-you-can-all-access block party. Like, we just have a, a band in every house. Oh, an abandoned every house. Great. An abandoned every house. Yeah, that's uh, pretty deep right there. What was your idea for Jackson? Because that was stupid. (laughs) I mean, I just, I don't know. Like the Riverside area has some cool places you could do something. Yeah. Totally. I definitely would solicit y'all's advice. Y'all are closer to the area. But uh, that's what I was thinking, somewhere in Riverside. I don't know. uh, I don't know what kind of situation. I don't know what kind of permissions would be involved, but. The Four Corners Park in Murray Hill might be a kind of neat, neat place to have something like. I was that. also thinking of a park in Riverside. Wow. So maybe we should come together. Let's chat. Let's. <laughs> 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 um, all right. So one more thing uh, before we move on to unpopular opinions, I think that I wanted to ask you was about the streaming stuff. Because you guys have uh, gotten some, uh, you guys got your streaming numbers up on Spotify. I've noticed, and I'm curious as to how you you were uh, you were able to make that happen you know that was really cool because right out the gate one of our tunes grateful really just like shot up um it got added it kind of spread like wildfire and I'm, I'm still trying to sort out it out exactly but um yeah it got added to a couple different playlists and those playlists sponsored additional ads because there are different Spotify promoters that kind of troll looking at playlists for new music. Right. So one of the things you can do as a new musician is reach out ahead of time to the ones who sponsor certain playlists, uh, which I have a relationship with some individuals who have playlists that feature new music and grateful was one of those songs that just kind of caught and it really kind of called like wildfire got added a lot all at once. And we've been spreading the word and, and, it's been pretty organic, so I'm really encouraged by that because uh, in the new, like the new day and age of music, that's that's a good thing is to be popping off on Spotify specifically. Hundred percent, even though the royalties suck. Although I listen to Apple Music, am I the only one? That no, doesn't? our bass player no. was talking about that too. He's like, I hate Spotify, and I'm like, what is the difference? I feel like so I would be one on that green. side. I would be like <laughs> the, the 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 Apple guy because you well. I guess you do have to pay for that too. Never mind. Yeah, yeah you got to pay for one or the other, and no one's paying for both unless you're yeah. like a psychopath. <laughs> Ooh, he got money. Yeah, yeah, sort of that I've heard the thing, but yeah. yeah. Anyone who does dig our music, thank you again for having us. Um, this is a 
another one of those opportunities please do check us out check out the album on on spotify or wherever you listen to music absolutely check out the music it's a great album and i love the songs you guys have put together and it's just it's yeah i I love what you guys are doing for sure thanks man absolutely and the block party november 27th november 27th please do save the date after thanksgiving so we know everybody's gonna be off hanging out with their families should be a good time got no excuse to not go we don't know where it's happening the weather yet, should also be good too like you don't know how to get there but you better be there but you better be there uh just save just the date key yeah it would yeah. be very uh never mind i was gonna make a really bad joke that i just already knew wasn't gonna land so i'm just no, gonna stop right. myself right now try to crash this plane but let's i thought it was it. funny you thought <laughs> it was good it got cut the sorry support. the camera went out um, all right, so unpopular opinions. Yeah, let's do it. I got three, believe it or not. I got three also. You guys know about the unpo- I know you know already. Uh, you I know saw the one today because I knew that this was going to be part of the show. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. All right, so we'll do our three first, and you guys will go at the end. I'll buy Nolan some time. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Bill, what you got? You want me to go first? All right. Always. Do, 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 do. Gonna get my unpopular opinions up. This is my song that I got. So many. I've is that John's phone or your phone? This is my phone. <laughs> that swap really made it. I am sorry about high, that. High uh, likelihood of confusion. High, yeah, you really uh, couldn't copyright that swap, actually. No, I know. I uh, I flew <laughs> t- too close to the sun. I was digress for sure. Okay, this is one of the best ones I've ever had. Um, are you? Uh, uh, and I'm really sorry. Are you? Are you? St- you grew up in the church. Are you still Christian? No, I mean, like, I went to church as a kid, yeah. Okay, cool. And I assume you're not. All right. Anyways, uh, I wish the rapture would happen so everyone would leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a good one. Solid Straight one, up, just go home. Like, you hate it here. You, I just, yeah, I, we hate you here, too. Just go yeah. home. End of story. All right. You ruin it for everybody. You can't, uh, I don't even want to get political with it. Just go home. Well, you kind of did with the unpopular opinion, right? Well, no, I know. I mean, like, I could say a lot of <laughs> other things that are making it bad, but I don't just, yeah, yeah just, you know. I would so love does, for does you to imply, get what you wanted. Does that imply that you would stay, but everyone else would leave? Without a doubt, I would stay. So yeah. Only go. you? Yeah. Just, no, 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 no. Sorry. Everybody that I don't like <laughs> would go. Oh, I get it. <laughs> Anybody that believes in the rapture, basically. Yeah, yeah. Everyone is uh, holding uh, evolution back. Anyways, go ahead. Number two. You guys have any thoughts on that or uh, <laughs> before we move on here? This is Seems a deep one. It's like something I agree with. <laughs> yeah, ways. right? You guys I don't know. I kind of agree with that. Yeah. This opinion might turn out to be too popular for yeah, this segment. Yeah, it's almost a little Billy's too popular. Yeah, a lot right. of popular, unpopular opinions. One of them was he hasn't. Uh, he likes TikTok, and I was like, <laughs> for literally half of the world, that's an actual stat, uses TikTok. That's not what hey, I said. unpopular opinion, <laughs> I like eating pizza. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, quite literally the same thing. Man. Unpopular opinion. When I get home from a hard day of work, I love to lay in bed. <laughs> yeah. I feel very attacked right now. You should. <laughs> Damn, yeah, cool just, I mean, like, guy, you, bro. I get what I want. You get what you want. You get to hang out with Jesus up in the sky. Like, <laughs> there you go. I like it. Yeah. Um, all right. So <laughs> my first unpopular opinion is that Smooth by Santana featuring Rob Thomas is actually a really good song, and I'd actually <laughs> rather be listening to that right now. I, wow, this is themed. Just saying. This yeah. is themed. Show, I saw this yeah, earlier. Yeah. 
I bought him wow. that. I bought him that shirt for that's his great. birthday. Actually, that's I lo- probably the most prepared, unpopular opinion. <laughs> yeah, that's that like literally, literally thought yeah. about it after I put the shirt. Hanging on, on so to that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't actually rather be listening to that song. Can you, can really you tell me this, why, why, why do you think that that's a good song? It's got some cool changes. That the change. A lot of people thought that was a good song. It was on the radio. It's very popular. There's actually another popular, unpopular opinion, right? Did you like the changes when you were ten when it came out? Uh, no, but I had to learn it as a musician, and I was like, "Oh, it's kind of cool that that happens right oh, so there." Now you like, yeah. I fucking love that shit. I liked the song when I was a kid too, though. I thought it was a good For song. The the people listening, his shirt says, "I'd rather be listening to the Grammy Award winning 1999 hit Smooth by Santana featuring Rob Thomas of Mat of the <laughs> does this say of the Matchbox 20 of Matchbox 20 off the multi multi platinum album Supernatural." <laughs> yeah. It does. I can't, haven't even seen the back. I yeah. can't. I, I can't believe no. that T-shirt exists. Here's the kicker: is that Billy got it for me for yeah. my birthday. Yeah, so. because it was Hell hilarious yeah. to me when I first joined the band that you were like, "Yeah, we were gonna uh, we play Smooth by Santana as a cover band." I'm like, "Why?" But we don't actually play it. Because, no, not anymore. Yeah, but uh, not anymore. We never played it once. Yeah, well, I played it one time. I played it. it one time with you at Cliffs Bar and Grill. Oof, let's not talk about that place. Yeah, right? that place sucks. But uh, sucks. Uh, I just couldn't believe you. Just wouldn't let it go. It's like no, the changes are real good. No, it's a cool tune. I like it. <laughs> All right. Anyways, uh, 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 uh second, uh, people who say bye bye on the phone should be locked in a dungeon. <laughs> I don't. I just just say again. It. I would say I agree with that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fine. I, yeah, I'm. I'm bad at this. It's more just like insightful opinions. Like I agree <laughs> with that too. We're gonna change it to <laughs> the, un- the ins- often unpopular. So yeah. Also, well, not in Billy's case. That. He says a lot of pretty popular. I things. just think it's <laughs> weird. You don't. You never ever ever say that phrase ever unless you're on the phone. And that's right. Right. You don't uh, say it in front of someone. It happens go, only. Bye. <laughs> It just drives me crazy. I'm like, let's unpack that for a second. Yeah. No, I work at a. I wor- <laughs> How does that make you feel? Yeah. I, wor- I work at a call center, and they, that sometimes that happens, and I just, I just want to like just throw my headset let's into the fucking ocean every time sit, they say that. Let's let's all just take a sec- sit in silence and scan that situation. What about it? And then just take a moment to sit with that feeling, and let's identify what that feeling actually Which is. Which feeling? Right? I'm trying to do a thing here. Bill, and you're ruining it. Oh, sorry. That's All right. So my mind. second unpopular opinion, because Bill ruined the moment. I don't want Is, uh, Jim, are you guys familiar with, like, Widespread Panic or anything like that? You guys, like, jam bands? Somewhere. Never heard of them. Okay. Well. No. <laughs> Training style uh, feels great, Jimmy dude. Hearing is the only aspect of Widespread Panic that I think is enjoyable. That's the guitarist. John, do you yeah. concur? Yeah. You know, to be honest... Uh, I haven't listened to them very much. Okay. So uh, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Well, they play the amphitheater like three days in a row. They do every year, and it still blows my mind. Like the following is incredible. Yeah. Yep. Um, And that's not to say that I don't like any of their songs. There's some songs that I think are very enjoyable, but at the end of the day, it's really just a fucking like two hour long Jimmy hearing wank fest and he's an amazing <laughs> guitar player uh, and especially when he's not playing in widespread like in the Jimmy hearing pro- uh, band or whatever uh, project it's like it's like this fucking amalgamation of like jazz fusion country funk like all this shit and he's like probably one of the greatest guitar players on the planet that you're playing in like a watered down southern rock band and you're like yeah like you 
you sound good. They know how to how to be a band, though. Oh yeah, they're crushing that. it. But you're just saying Jimmy Harris is the best three. part. Yeah, the one part that I really enjoy. He's the part there that I really enjoy. Sunday show, dude. Man, that day three, like show. the guy who goes all That's three days. I'm just like, man, the dedication. That's some, he's taking like incredible. Like, like yeah, I just Viagra. did that for the new Tool tour. Not three, but I am going twice in a row. Ooh, that sounds like a sensory overload. I sounds like, like someone Mr. Cool would say for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Cool definitely likes Mr. Tool. And Mr. Cool actually follows Tool around the country yeah. on tour. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> every tool, every city that Tool plays at on their tour, we play uh, in the sidewalk outside next to the dumpster while Tool's playing. <laughs> yeah, we just follow them around the you whole play country. Tool doing songs. That. Yeah, yeah you guys play Tool songs. Yeah, it's cool. I like that. But in a Ooh. neutral milk hotel style. Ooh, Ooh. Nice. actually, that, I mean, I like Tool, but that sounds better. Actually, I'm into <laughs> that idea. It would be interesting. Yeah. Um. Uh. All right. My last one doesn't make any sense unless you know what these two things. Do you like sports? Love them. What's you that? Do? Uh, you watch sports highlights on YouTube all the time? Not that often. Yeah, I do. Yes. Like I watch like you know like. I like the old school highlights. Like I like dipping into that '90s basketball stuff. But yeah. Yeah. I like. I. I'm from Kentucky. I love basketball, but I. I. I, I love watching all the fat people. Uh. uh fat <laughs> athletes are my favorite. <laughs> Bartolo Colon, my favorite. Uh, Jared Lorenzen uh, from Kentucky football. Dang, he's my Jared favorite. Jared Lorenzen. You fucking yeah. You know Jared Lorenzen. All right. Oh nice. yeah. Anyways, uh, uh, and then the other part is, do you know what NFTs are? I wish I didn't. I'm not trying. I'm not. I'm not trying. <laughs> okay. I'm not trying to get into NFTs or anything like that. But you know what it is. All right. For sure. Uh, I think they should make NFTs of sports highlights. I think they do. Wow. I'm just saying, like that uh, opinion just floored me. Right? Like, oh, it's an unpopular. Got it. <laughs> God <Word>. damn it! <laughs> I don't know how to do this anymore. <laughs> After 55, I've had no, all. No, that one opinions. was on. That was on the nose. You're yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. Imagine if you could, like, yeah, I own the rights to the Michael Jordan's The Shot. You know what I mean? But it's just like the ABC. Like, anyways, whatever. This is stupid. Yeah. They do do that though. Those what? are becoming a thing. The NFTs, right? The NFTs. That's the oh, last yeah, thing time. that they haven't done. And I was just thinking about like, holy fuck, you could you could own Bartolo Colon's only home run he ever hit. It was like dis- the, the video of it. It was discussed in the Mr. Cool <laughs> world. Maybe we should create an NFT or do something in that vein. And we talk about how to do it. Maybe it would just be like taking a Polaroid or something. Yeah. It's a non-fungible. It was a stupid idea. We didn't do it. Yeah. Was it NFP it. or NFT? Did I fuck it up? NFT. No, if you nailed it. If it was a non-fungible Polaroid. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> that's <a good laughs> that's really good. Yeah, no, that's an unpopular opinion. <laughs> no, I know. Come on now. I thought mine was. It's pretty. It's uh, you did, know. You just you watch it good. become a thing. It will become a thing. Yeah. You did good. Anyways, I don't know how the unpopular opinions work. Uh, so <laughs> is it what we've learned? <laughs> actually, back to the to the tool thing real quick. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, I actually, <laughs> when I was uh, like twenty one or something, I saw. Do you guys know who uh, Rodrigo and Gabriella are? Okay. Uh, no. So for those who don't know, they're uh, an amazing like flamenco kind of like more modern take on flamenco. Flamenco, but. Um, they also travel with a uh, like a full-on band and like orchestra and all that. And I saw them with like they had a huge orchestra and horn section and like this whole thing. And uh, I saw them at the Fillmore in Miami Beach. And 
the music that was kind of playing in the background while we were waiting for them to go on stage. Uh, they had uh, just random shit playing. All of a sudden, the pop by Tool comes on. And then you start to see, like, some of the band members walk on stage. And then, like, the, the, the orchestra... It came on the speakers? It came on the speakers, yeah. yeah. It was, like, very... Like, barely even audible, but you could you know, kind of hear it in the background while people were talking and stuff. And all of a sudden, like, the band starts to walk on, and, you know, they're, they're fucking with their instruments, this and that. Rodrigo and Gabriela are not out there yet, but, like, the rest of the band's kind of making their way. And all of a sudden, you hear, like, the orchestra kind of start to play the line. And then, like, the, 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 the drummer... Copyright. Uh, <laughs> the drummer starts to, like, kind of play along, and then before you know it, Rodrigo and Gabriela walk out, and the entire band's doing this, like, crazy flamenco Latin version of the pop by Tool. And it was fucking, like, insane. Sounds crazy. It was amazing. That's an unpopular opinion. What? That? No, he just was recounting uh, an experience when he was living in Miami, because he's telling me 305. Yeah. It's been oh, a while. Right Not on. from Miami proper. So Mr. Wal- Mr. Of, Worldwide. Of neutral opinion. Yeah. That sounds like a pretty sweet time. Damn it. It was cool. pretty dope. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty dope. I need to put more thought into these. I'm sorry. I always think that they're good, and then I say them out loud, and they're not. Yeah. Hey, well, that first one was fire. Which one was it? I already forgot. About the rapture? Yeah. That was a good one. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> I don't even agree, but I loved it. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, that's why it's unpopular. Yeah. Right? Exactly. So yeah. it worked really well. Yeah. Uh, okay, so my last one is sometimes covers are better than the original. Uh, it only if it's Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> uh, not true, but yeah, I will agree that's also a case. I didn't know that Atlantic City was Bruce Springsteen until like a couple years ago. Yeah, I know we figured it out together. I'm I, d- sure. I I was just like, are you kidding me? I'm like, and then that makes sense. New Jersey, et cetera, et cetera. But I I thought uh, it's the band that does that, right? The band, yeah. And that that. That version's better, like way better. I got some examples. I'll add that one to the list as well. It's but true though. Sometimes, sometimes it's true. Sometimes yeah. it's true, right? So, uh, here's some examples. Uh, because we ended as lovers, huh? What'd you, you say? know, uh, the Je- uh, the the uh, tune that Jeff Beck made, like very famous. You know, it's like an instrumental. But Stevie Wonder wrote it and you know, put it on one of his albums, and no one's heard that version. You know why? Why? It's not great. But then oh. you hear Jeff Beck's version, and you're like, oh, this is an amazing song, actually. And it was just interpreted in the right way. Uh, I Will Always Love You, Whitney Houston, with that banger. Oh, good. good wait, wait, wait. Whitney Houston didn't write that? Dolly Parton wrote that. What? It's the first time I've ever heard of that. I didn't know that either. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, La Bamba is another one. La Bamba didn't write La Bamba? Uh, you're th- <laughs> so the version that most people know is probably Los, uh, Los Lobos, but Richie Valens did a version of it before that, which Los Lobos interpreted for the movie La Bamba. It uh, yeah. came out with uh, Lou Diamond Phillips. And, uh, but there's, there's an original version before that. It's like an old like Mexican folk tune, and that version is terrible. <laughs> My middle name and is then, Diamond, man. That's so dope. <laughs> uh, <laughs> My Girl. <laughs> That's a good name. It is a great name. It's LD. probably not real. It is LD um, and everything. My Girl was originally written by Smokey Robinson and yeah. The Temptations, Temptations do a much better version of it, I will say. Um, and then li- literally every Elvis song. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Damn. Yeah. That, that song, uh, I Can't Help Falling in Love. Yeah. Like, everybody covers that. And Elvis... But uh, he didn't write... He, the, the, my point being, he didn't write any songs. I'm saying that all of oh, his versions Oh, I thought that was Elvis... Original. 
That's he, not he's Elvis? never written a song in his life. That, really? Not a song that we've heard, anyways. That Hound Dog song, Dean Ray? No, it's a it's Big Mama Thornton. No kidding. Yep. What about what about who let the dogs out? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you wrote that one. That's that's what? an Elvis original that was reinterpreted by uh, the Baja Men. Yeah, you're right. Thank Sorry. you for getting the Baja. Sorry, I, uh, I, oh, I love it. The Baja Men. Yeah. That was off the Rugrats in Paris soundtrack. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. <laughs> that was another 1999. Rugrats in Paris. Another, 19, another 1999 smash hit. Right next to Smooth. I got one. <laughs> I, you know, I don't. I wouldn't necessarily say this cover is better. Maybe they're equally good, but one of my, I think my favorite cover ever, I keep talking about Tool, but Tool, their only cover is No Quarter by Led Zeppelin. Oh, I've never heard that before. I don't before. know if you've heard It's so cool, dude. Uh, and it's like, it's very much a cover of the song, but they also wrote like five extra minutes of like m- more riffs. Yeah, they did. That fit into the song. I love that. It's crazy. It's like a it's a Led Zeppelin cover but half of the song is like original. I would love to hear that. It's really really cool. And I don't know that I'd say that it's better because I think No Quarter is one of the coolest songs ever. Yeah. But it's like it's so cool that it's as cool as the real song. It's at least as cool, yeah. Yeah, it's it's tight. Anyone who hasn't heard it, I would I would check it out. I definitely, I'm definitely gonna check that out. I wonder out. who's got the most like covered songs that didn't get the recognition for it. The Bee Gees like, had a lot of them. That's true, but the, the Bee Gees like wrote the song or they covered them. Yeah, the Gib Barry Gibb. Barry Gibb wrote a lot of music for they other do, people. But like, uh, how deep is your love? Right, I feel like a lot of people do that song for sure. So Ghetto Superstar, how about that one? That's the Bee Gees. That started as a Bee Gees tune called. Well, what's his name? Barry Gibb wrote that for Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers. It was called Islands in the Stream. Islands in the Stream. Yeah, Dolly and Parton, and they didn't write that? Barry Gibb wrote that song. No kidding. And, uh, and uh, yeah, and then that became at least the, the hook or the progression for ghetto superstar just heard that song recently i was like oh this is nice shout out to old dirty (laughs) bastard rest in peace uh so i think that there's a a distinction to be made though because you're saying what people that that had songs that were covered where the original people who wrote them or performed them didn't get the recognition uh versus somebody that's writing songs for other people whereas barry gibb Stevie Wonder, Smokey Robinson, like these are like some of the top writers right. on the planet. Yeah, it's not that they didn't get; they actually got the recognition because they got fucking paid. Do you know? But you, okay, keep going. But like they wrote it with the intention of somebody else making it famous. Sure, sure, sure. Know? Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what a cover is. No, no, I know. I'm, I, I was, I was, I was speaking to your point. No, I, yeah, I, yeah. I was saying that I think that there was a distinction. Come on, made. man. And I'm not even trying to say who's like the 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 person who wrote it originally is probably very successful. But I think Bruce. Springsteen's got a lot. You could say Bruce might be the king of that. Yeah, right I think now. he, I think he is really. And then to the like, uh, 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 blinded by the light, and that that's a Bruce Springsteen song, right? Yeah. And then and so, nobody right? knows that. That um, dancing in the dark. Dancing in the covered. dark is a great one. Everybody covers a song. Uh, because Dude, the night. But yeah, that's the night. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you know what the most covered song is by artists of all time? It's gotta be free. Be the right? one about Hallelujah, it's, right? No, all oh, that. See, that's another good one too. Leonard Cohen. He originally wrote the right. Yeah. Yeah, Is but it's it like all along the Watchtower. I feel like that's you're getting you're getting closer. 
uh, the '60s, but it's actually "Yesterday" by the Beatles. Really, uh, most yeah. covered song of all time. Yep. Wow. Never have guessed that. Although you know, Elvis did a version of that song. Even Elvis did. It. If Elvis did, it, you gotta know. But his good. version is not as good as the Beatles. I will say. No, yeah, they crushed it. But that is the most covered song. They that that's like re- recorded and then sold records and copies or whatever. Didn't uh, I think Percy Sledge did, did a version of that too? No, sorry, Hey Jude. He did Hey Jude with Dwayne Allman yeah. playing guitar. How that about? cool. Yeah, I would love to hear. It. Yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. Nice. How about Joe Cocker? <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah. Another guy who didn't write a song either. He just covered songs. Joe Cocker. That's all he did was uh, cover other people's songs. And if anybody says that his version of Little Help from My Friends is better than the Beatles, I will fucking kill you. Uh, I lo- he's, ooh, it's an amazing that is, version. That is a good one. It's an amazing version. It's, but, I mean, ugh. there's – I mean, like, you can't do the Beatles better than the Beatles did. Ugh. I'm just saying. I it's disagree. not possible. That is a good one where they are equally good. Yeah. But you're right. The original holds up. Yeah. Yeah, the, the original song, of course, is always going to be like the original one. So that's what you're comparing it How to. How about The Devil Went Down to Georgia, the Primus version? Oh, I haven't heard that before. That probably would take that one over. <laughs> yeah. Did they play the fiddle? Yeah, there's a fiddle there's in There's a fiddle yeah. in there? I actually, I don't know who did the fiddle, though. That's interesting. I'd like to know that. They Me do too. do it. Probably Les Claypool. He's like, I can also play fiddle. <laughs> yeah. like I can do everything. All right, you guys got some unpopular opinions? Oh, yeah. I recently released one of these and <laughs> found out how unpopular. I did it just as a joke to see who it would trigger. I didn't even know this was unpopular. Was I mean, I, I had it. I had outside? no. This is nothing. This is way <laughs> outside of music. But I just I threw it out on Instagram just to see what would happen. The hate that came my way. <laughs> I just with the greater than sign did Pepsi greater than Coca Cola. Oh. And you should have seen my inbox. Like, someone even checked on me. Like, dude, you're going to piss a lot of people off. You better check that. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what's the big deal? Hate. The Pepsi. Very unpopular opinion. But I stand on it. And also, Damn, the dominance man. of Coca-Cola, I've had enough. All right? There's yeah. more than one. <laughs> Pepsi's really having a hard time, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, they need some help. It's hard yeah. being number two your entire existence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would definitely live in that CEO's house is all I'm I saying. I agree with you. The Pepsi's better than Coke. Let's start a movement. I, I was can in do a it. Pepsi family. Well, really, it just just white trash. I'm Mountain Dew family. You guys really want to start a movement. Why don't you Who go to the like fucking Mountain Ritz Cola, okay? You want to start a fucking movement. <laughs> you talk about RC Cola? RC? No, 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 no. No, there's Ritz Cola. What's which Ritz, Ritz Cola? Cola? Ritz Cola? Ritz Cola? Ritz Cola? Public brand, you know what? Public RC Cola is gnarly, just, though. It just says Cola. Yeah, just it. But you know what? Publix, Publix is expanding. They're doing just fine. Out there. Ritz Cola needs our help, guys. They need some help. They, yeah. Ritz need because three out of the four people here haven't even heard of Ritz, and that's a real stat, guys. And that's unsettling. Where do you buy Ritz? They need help. Like at Winn Dixie, probably. Uh, I remember Doctor Thunder from Walmart. Oof, that sounds. Doctor Thunder. <laughs> yeah, you remember Doctor Thunder? If is what, that it, like their Mountain Dew? No, that's their Doctor Pepper. Uh, if, there's <laughs> also like a. And then they have Mountain <laughs> Lightning great. for their Mountain Dew. Yeah. Oof. There's like I guess Mis- Mr. Pig shocking being the <laughs> alternate to Dr. Pepper. I guess that in his that was one, but that came Mr. Pip's pretty popular. So. Mr. Pip's pretty popular. Yeah. That's like the Pepsi of Dr. Pepper. It is, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh but Pepsi is uh for sure not as good as Coca-Cola. Oh, it did. That's totally just dis- fact. I disagree. There's no opinion here. This is just fact. No, Pepsi right? is wonderful. Pepsi is just is just thick sugary syrup is all it is. And Coke at least has like 
some kind of liquid texture to it. I don't like Coke, man. I don't feel like I have an, an immediate hangover after the first sip of Coke. You know what I mean? I don't right. trust Yeah, I, I can't. I, I love soda, but it's got to be diet. The whole My way. vote for from? Pepsi is more of a protest vote. It's more it's like... Oh, you're being Mr. Cool. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> it's just more like, come on, man. Enough. Enough already. Enough. You yeah, give I mean? some to the little come guy. Come on, man. Come on, Pepsi. man. I'm really sorry. Got He's also the exclusive drink. I got a lot of flag about that. That's crazy. I will say this though: something I actually believe is diet Pepsi over diet Coke. I wish I didn't drink as much diet soda as I do, but that I will stand. I on. do. I'm addicted to Diet Mountain Dew, like worse than Dale Earnhardt Jr. <laughs> <laughs> You should get a sponsorship. I, I mean, like he's not—they're he, not sponsored by uh, a DMD. Where, so where I, do you, you call it DMD? It's so fucking bad, man. Yeah. I, DMD. I, I do. So it's like mellow yellow, just like swill. Mellow yellow just. can go to fucking hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish the rapture would happen so mellow yellow was yeah. gone. There's nothing fucking mellow. Well, if mellow yellow is going <laughs> to hell, if opinion. mellow yellow is hell, then they're sticking here with you, right? Yeah. What was the rumor that like mellow Good yellow decreases? Wasn't it that it like decreases your sperm count or something? Yeah, like that? and that's fine with me. I heard about DMD. <laughs> like, not worried about it. Nah. I heard that about about Mountain Dew actually. What about it? Also lowers your sperm count. Count. Maybe it's but it's probably the same exact thing. There's like one. There's probably one flavor thing that they drop in there that who's, makes a difference. Who's counting this sperm though? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, did you did you drink Mountain Dew today? I'm like, yeah. Why don't you, why don't hey, you go ahead and check. jack off in a cup for me real quick so I can just test your sperm count? Yeah. Let me check. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Yeah. The Die Mountain Dew all day. That's my favorite. This episode is definitely not for children. DMD no. man. DMD. Yeah. I have a music this related. Episode is rated DMD. DMD. <laughs> I feel like I'm. Hoarding the mic though, John, would you like to give an unpopular opinion? Yeah, bring it home. I do have one. What's that? If just because a song has seventh and or ninth chords does not make it jazz. That's Ooh. very true. Yeah, it's a good one. But yeah, I agree with that. But you'd be you'd be amazed how many times I run into that. Play one of those jazz chords. Yeah, make it jazzy. Play it. Well, it's just like people just play a, a song that is just like a rock song or like a so, like a you know, singer songwriter song, and they add like a ninth, and they're like, it's basically like a jazz kind of song. Yeah. This one's like a jazz style. Yeah. Because like this one chord has a ninth on it. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't think that's that's not what jazz means. Uh, uh, what does jazz mean? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I want to know. I, I've that's always found. Uh, maybe I'm like. Maybe I have an ivory tower syndrome from like that I studied, <laughs> like I went to school or whatever, but I've always found a weird thing about like what people think makes something jazzy. Yeah. I'm always like, that's not jazz. Do you want yeah. to think about jazz? Well, if you ever go to. Uh, no, Billy loves jazz. No, I don't. I've watched the podcast. The I know. Uh, if you go to the mall, uh, uh, they they play uh, jazz the whole time everywhere outside. If you go to St. John's Town Center, you know why? It's the lowest common denominator because nobody can ever agree on music and everybody just equally hates it. <laughs> uh, That's my opinion on jazz. Yeah. Dave Brubeck's all right. I will Got say him. That. Oh, okay. He's great. I love Dave Brubeck. He's amazing. Yeah, I he's have a, a dumber music 
unpopular. Let's keep it going. Lay it on me. Fuck it. Late night podcast. <laughs> and, and, and I'll say this. Hey, dude. Joe Rogan does five and a half hour podcasts. Oh, why can't we? We can fucking get away with it. Where's Alex Jones when you need him? Yeah. Oh, Mr. Cool's He's breaking in an underground the bunker. Yeah. There's a, they're recording the songs. They put. It sounds like there's 50 up, voices man. on the songs. We got songs. Yeah. <laughs> They're making the Lizards. frogs gay with their music. Breathing through their eyelids. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> um, my unpopular opinion, which I will Mr. say. Cool. <laughs> This is what's bullshit about it, because I don't think this should be unpopular opinion. Maybe it's less cool, but I'm rocking the Ronnie Van Zant shirt right yeah, now. Yeah, man. And I would say that Leonard's fucking Skinnerd is one of the greatest bands of all time. And although that's not cool enough to say anymore, that's my fucking opinion. Because uh, Leonard Skinnerd is one you, of the greatest you, fucking bands. Dude, I'll fight city, you on that. Do you know what city you're in? Yeah, right I now? mean, like, I do. It's, it's I actually do. the coolest thing to say in Jack. I mean, like, in fact, that that if you didn't say that they were actually the coolest band in the world, that you would probably be. I knew I was in good company tonight for sure. Well, I'm not saying that I agree with the, the, that. How many fact, albums? I'm kind of. I'm like not into Skinner at all. Right. Really? But, so there's a great uh, documentary just released I on love Netflix, it. Love and it. I did love it too. And one of, I mean, I'm rocking the shirt, man. Just yeah. How I fucking it's feel. Dope. You know what I mean? I feel like, oh, it's, it's definitely an opinion. I want to go see. Well, you were gonna say something, John? No, that was just a yawn. But I agree <laughs> with Nolan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you agree yeah, with that, that late night podcast vibe? <laughs> they set the yeah. standard for Southern Rock. I mean, yep. in they truth, invented I it. Haven't, I haven't listened to them a huge amount to where I know it well, but my opinion as it stands is that I like them. <laughs> yeah, I don't dislike Skinner. I just think that um, Jacksonville. Think there's other bands out there. Just saying. It's just true. In general. But I do have a bit of hometown bias, I think. That's I think it's cool to like Jacksonville things. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad that they're from here. Good. It's good for them. Good for us. Yeah. And we Everybody can, wins. And we can acknowledge that they were a great band and that they're from uh, this awesome are. city. But we can also... Um, we could also embrace new trends and new music. That's like trying to tell Miami to get over Pitbull. You need to get out of this. No, yeah, they <laughs> definitely should. Miami, look at, look at, I don't. I have no, no. It's not gonna to happen it. here. I, do, I don't care where I'm from. If something's fucking old, it's old. And Miami's got a lot of fucking shit that I can't stand about it. What In about fact, Gloria Estefan? Yeah, Are you forgetting sh- her. Let's let's leave her where she belongs. Also, <laughs> super talented. The Miami Sound Machine was an amazing band. It is an amazing band, right? Is that uh, who did? Come on, baby, can yeah. we hit a conga? Yeah, can You're damn right, it is. Recorded at Timeless. one of the one of the still premier uh, recording studios in the world, uh, the Hit Factory at the time, called Criteria Records yeah. in and, Miami. In Miami, yep. Justin Timberlake still Why are you records. Saying it weird. What do you mean? It's Miami. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot of things about Miami <laughs> so stupid. that uh that suck, and I'm just saying that you know, or things are just maybe like not so cool anymore. How are you gonna tie this back to Leonard Skinner? Uh, that you know, there's cool things that are happening now that we can just embrace, and we don't have to stay stuck. Yeah, they're Skinnerd not the, uh, the be-all you know band ever. But my yeah, last thoughts on Skinner would just be, they were from Jacksonville. They're certainly played frequently in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they were definitely like proof that you can work really hard as a band and you can like if you practice every fucking day and really care and really try to do something you can 
become Leonard Skinner. Yeah. And it's a challenge today to do that. 100%. So I would, I, I like aspire to be in a band like that. And I think, I don't know. Like I said, it's unpopular opinion because they were so popular, but rocking the Van Zant. So. Yeah. That's a, a good, uh, that's a good point. I will say that it, uh, that work ethic is definitely admirable for sure. Um, but they're kind of like the Coca-Cola of the Southern rock, right? They are the dominant, the yeah. dominant, force in the Southern best. Rock. Yeah. You prefer them over Marshall every Tucker other band's ones. like, fuck Leonard Skinner. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'd say, I guess I'm just going to be Mr. Cool and go to bat for Marshall Tucker at this point. <laughs> uh, and with that, we'll round out the episode. Thank yeah. you guys so much for being here. This is a blast. Yeah. Um, and check out the new album, You Win, and the block party that they're doing in St. Augustine November on November 27th. 27th. And uh, we will follow see you guys Mr. next cool. time. Follow Actually, Mr. Cool. Oh, follow Mr. Cool. If on you're Instagram. watching this right now and you're not at our show at 1904, we can't be friends anymore. That's true. Maybe just watch When's this one. When's your show at 1904? Friday. This will premiere on Friday. But, you know, you can watch this on Saturday. <laughs> What's on Saturday? Uh, when we're oh you mean watch the podcast on Saturday yeah. whenever you're free yeah whenever you're free it's out there in the universe forever yeah Dude, uh, somebody might be listening to this in five years and be like what the hell are you talking about <laughs> yeah this Friday that's true yeah <laughs> uh, that is true uh, alright that is forever thanks for having us really appreciate it anytime yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I would also say you guys are fucking awesome and yeah. uh, thanks for doing this and uh we had a blast playing that one show with you. We should do it again. Absolutely, definitely I've, make that uh, happen. Uh, uh, it's been a while since we've done this. Uh, uh, I, I I really liked when we let the um, guests and they're sitting here in front of us. Hey, how are you doing? Say say uh, say goodbye to everybody. Yeah. If you want to send send us out. You were listening to the Bottom of the Bill podcast and or watching it, and it was our honor. I'm sitting here with the great John Ward. My name is Nolan Curtis. Thank you for tuning in. And please do follow Mr. Cool everywhere, on Spotify in particular. Thank you. Adios, muchachos.